Jace, thank you for coming in, Dude. man. Fucking amazing, bro. Hell yeah. Venice? You guys were at the fucking bar right now? Yeah, we were at the Jameson bar on Main Street in Venice, I believe. And uh, I'm a Jameson guy. That's that's my shit. Oh, my God. I threw up too many times to it. <laughs> Everybody says that, but I, I didn't really drink when I was a kid. So uh, I found Jameson late in life, and, and it's been a it's been a great experience for me. Yeah, so. that's, yeah, I think if you find it later in life, it's different. Uh-huh. You know, like you have people that get into Jack Daniels later, but like I grew up with Jack Daniels, yeah. you know? So like the stories I could tell you about, like I used to, actually I talked about this recently on a podcast. I used to drink so much Jack Daniels with my good friend Giovanni uh-huh. that um, we would go and party, fucking go all out. Let me see your cup. And um, anyways, at the end of the night, you know, once we were home, once we were done partying, once well, everything, like 4 a.m., 5 a.m., it's like, I got to go to bed, but I'm, we're so wasted. Like, yeah, yeah. We got to get this out of the system. And the way that we'd get this out of the system is we'd get the biggest shot glass we had, fill it up with fucking Jack Daniels. And I'm talking about end of the night where, like, if one drop of alcohol touches you, you're going to throw up. Uh. <laughs> fucking slam it and just blah, yeah, yeah. throw it all out. But, but <laughs> I, I figured it was better than... You know, it's like sleep. A controlled burn by the city. Yeah, like I, yeah, it was demo, demo job, dude. It, it was so much that it was like, dude, I'm so happy I didn't sleep with that. Like, yeah. how, how would I wake up? But then you're like 20 years old, 21. I mean, 21. You know, wink, wink, and uh, you didn't have to worry about it. But do you have that liquor that you to this day cannot smell because the smell? Jack is Daniels. Here. That's yours. That's oh. yours. Yeah. So Jack Daniels. So my you brought tequila earlier, and I was like, please no, because that's my like Jose Cuervo, maybe Cuervo Dude. Gold, whatever. But that was the first thing that I was hands and knees in the front yard, <laughs> puking, calling them whatever you want to say, whatever your terminology is it for it, yeah. and that's the one I could drink it margaritas. I can have a shot every now and then, but to this day, catch me off, off guard. That just one whiff of tequila, ooh, ooh, it yeah, it brings but, but back tequila, the bad. The bad. But tequila memory. is like interesting because it, it's cheers, gentlemen. Cheers, cheers. Thanks for having us. Thanks man. for Appreciate fucking you. staying up late with us. Thanks dude. for fucking showing yeah, up. He got the oh, text. Bro. He goes, "You want to go?" I go, "Where is it?" He goes, "Other side of L.A." I go, "Fuck it, dude. What are we doing?" Away yeah. from the beach and shit, <laughs> yeah. spending money on drinks. What are you guys doing, man? Come yeah. here. Well, came here to party, dude. We're here for a good time, not for a long time, my man. <laughs> Cheers, man. You guys have a fucking crazy journey. Dude, I, I want to hear about these t- last 20 days. Dude, I don't even know how to explain the last 20 days, but uh, so I can fill into what you just said about your drinks. Uh, I, I was a late drinker, a late bloomer to the whole uh, alcohol party game, and uh, I fell in love with Red Bull. Someone showed me that you could put vodka in Red Bull. That was my shit, and then... It was also like the weirdest thing because I'm a talker. Obviously, we're podcasters, yeah, right? Yeah, I've always been a talker, and Red Bull makes me talk more. Like I'm on fucking Adderall or some shit. Like you got wings, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and weird, then, huh? So I, I remember distinctively. I was dating this chick. She was a she was a bartender at a bowling alley, right? Mm. So when I first started drinking. This is my scotch. girlfriend was a bartender at a like bowling a alley. Smoky after yeah, it yeah, does yeah, have yeah, a smoky yeah. vibe to it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I would go up there. I, I'd work all day. Go up there, hang out with her. She'd be at the bar, and she'd just be feeding me these Red Bull vodkas. And I get in these conversations at the bar with whoever and whatever you know, all politics, motorcycles, shit. fucking you know, <laughs> just TV, just anything you can anything. have a conversation with at a fucking bowling alley bar. Yeah, right. And uh, next thing you know, I'm like, oh, I'm going to go to the bathroom real quick. And I walk to the bathroom with confidence, and I'm sitting there pissing. And I'm just like, 
because Red Bull vodka is like it's this. It's this. Uh, it's this un unbalanced version of being drunk and ready to go. Right. <laughs> so right. it's like you're ready to go. Like fuck yeah, I'm ready. But then you're like I'm you're, drunk. Wait a minute. Yeah. And then bam, you're throwing yeah, up it's on a yourself. Crossfade. It's like a stimulant and crossfade a depressant. Is what it is. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah, a yeah. Stimulant and depressant. You're drinking two polar opposite things together and. So that's riding when I smell that. Red, Red Bull and vodka? No? I don't do it anymore. That's anymore. that I'm done with that shit because it it's does. young man's game, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> grow up, dude. No, that shit is, that's my, I can't do that anymore. But uh, whiskey, as of recently in the last three years, is two years probably, has been my thing. It's like I drink it slower than I drink beer because we do a podcast and we'll have a mountain of beers over here. And... I don't know how you feel about doing podcasts this way, but like I have so much fun doing this shit in these conversations, drinking, having a good time that I don't want to hit stop. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Like I'm like, dude, you having fun? I'm having fun. Let's, Let's keep going. Dude, fuck it. Crack that other 12 pack over there. Let's yeah, go. And then next thing you the know, SD card and fucking keep going. <laughs> exactly, dude. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I love that shit, man. See, I, I love that. Yeah. I, I don't think I've peaked it. Uh-huh. At, at that point yet I like you know The last episode uh, I did a few days ago I haven't even published it yet But we, we fucking demolished uh, Moonshine Who was one there on here? Uh, uh, his name's Bob And his brother Joe Okay but, but these guys are These guys are Joe's a gun instructor Okay At a private range So he took me out there Saturday And we were just fucking Shooting targets Shooting all kinds of fucking uh-huh. things That we're not supposed to Which was awesome and then his brother is a bike shed member. Have you guys been to the bike shed? Not yet. No, okay. I heard about it, though. Yeah, dope spot. Fucking, they just opened up. Really fucking cool. Really classy. Really badass. Great mm-hmm. crowd. So that's where I met them. And uh, he makes moonshine. Oh, so he, he brought in his moonshine. And his brother brought in guns. And this table is covered in guns and moonshine. And, and we were fucking Dude, drinking. It was, it you're was, like the California ATFs, like wet dream yeah they're like fuck <laughs> yeah man but like but what's cool is this like studio is is not registered you know the building yeah. everything's registered except for the studio so nice. this doesn't even exist yeah. so the, the the deal when i got this they're like well use as much power as you want because it's part of the building i was yeah. like score you know so it's a fucking ac and all the good stuff yeah dude it's a dope spot man and the vibe is chilling fucking here you got the couch in case somebody's old lady wants to come and like act like they're not interested yeah like uh, oh, i don't want to be <laughs> yeah, here, I sit here and what's your wi-fi password yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> no yeah i just i just did that I, I i was doing everything on an imac and i just switched over to the macbook Okay. You know, so now, which is weird because I had a MacBook and I wasn't interested in it. Mm-hmm. And then I upgraded it. And now I'm like, dude, this is great. Because I work on, the, work on it at the bike now, shed. Now that I'm in here, you reverse this camera around. That couch kind of looks familiar. Yeah. I, th- I, think I've, I think I've seen the second half of this studio somewhere. Really? <laughs> no. Yeah, it's on no. Pornhub. I'm making, <laughs> I was making a casting couch. It's a casting couch. couch. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, a casting couch. It's not. It's, How bad do you want to be on the totally podcast? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you really want to be on a podcast? <laughs> All right, yeah. dude, I'm going to smoke weed by the bikes. I'll see you later. Let me know when you're done. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, so, that's awesome. But, but, like, that was the only episode that I was really drinking. Like, there's been episodes where I drank, but, like, yeah. that one felt good. Uh, but my other ones, my boys that know me, they're like, Robert, you're fucking, like, you're fucking hilarious, dude. And yeah, some yeah. of your podcasts are very serious and very, like, professional. Like, smoke some weed. And I'm like, dude... 
I, I always have weed, but I forget to smoke it, if that makes any fucking sense. Yeah. And uh, that's what I want to start doing. I want to start, I want to figure out a system where I can vent it out, smoke fucking weed, feel good, and, and just even enjoy it more. Yeah, I can understand that how, I mean, you, you, you've created, you know, the the Ride Balance podcast, you know, you're, you're two years deep into this thing, and, and um, I can understand how the professionalism, how you want to put it in, put your best foot forward. You want anybody for the first time they ever listen to your podcast to feel like, like you're taking it seriously, right? Hundred yeah. percent. I completely agree with you. Um, and I wouldn't go against it. I, I every once in a while, like, uh, you know, we get way too fucked up on our podcast sometimes. Uh, and and you publish it. You and, yeah, unfortunately, yes. And there, there's a there's a drawback to that because sometimes you will put shit out and you wake up with the the biggest anxiety the next day. You know what I mean? Like, fuck. The fuck? What did I say in those last two and a half hours where I should have cut it off? You know, did did I go too hard on women, bikers? Did I, you know, like jokingly, but yeah. unfortunately, like when you're on a podcast and we see each other's eyes and we're doing it live and you know it's a joke, but when yeah. they hear it, they don't know that, like, hey, that was a joke. That was, I was trying to be funny. Yeah, there's no disclaimer. Yeah. And we're, we're friends. I mean, most of the time we're friends doing it. You know, so depending on the guest, sometimes the guests are immediate friends. But there's just this level of comfort where we're, we're literally shooting the shit as if we were at our bike night in Deep Ellum and there was no camera yeah. around. A lot of times we're making the same jokes or as close yeah. to the same, same comments. Jokes as we so can. That, that, yeah, that's, that's the trust. That's the bond yeah, that, that it, people we don't have. It seem like, a, oh, this is a. We're dirtbags, like yeah. We're doing it, like, I, but I that, that's part of it. I think that's why podcasts are so successful because they're 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 authentic. Hundred percent. And, and yeah. there's a few people that get offended, but fuck them. Fuck them. True. Hundred percent. Like that's probably the hardest part. Is that like uh, you know uh, I don't really want to like badmouth anyway, but I, I did a podcast with a guy who essentially didn't like me on this trip. I reached out to him, said, "Hey, man, uh, you have a lot of issues with." I guess what I'm doing podcast wise, you're trying to do a podcast too. Let's do a podcast. Let's talk about it. Let's, let's figure out what the differences are. Let's hash it out. And let's find out what the, what, what, where the issue lies. And if it's on me, then fuck dude. Like I'm not so full of myself that I, I can't say, yeah, do my bad. I fucked up. I, I misrepresented said thing. Right. And, uh, he was also the same way. He was like, you know, yeah, if I, if I'm an asshole or if I come off like cunty or whatever, like I'll be the same. I'll, I'll, I'll fucking own up to my shit. Neither one of us had to own up to anything, but I think we came to a common ground as, as best as men can do, you know, sorting out their differences on things. But, you know, uh, I'm a Texas guy, you know, I'm a, I'm a biker from Texas that, that represents a type of motorcycle that essentially came out of California. Yeah. And unfortunately, I, I mean, it sucks that uh, sometimes I have a bigger representation of this said bike, this style of bike, when it's a California style. Yeah. But at the same time, like, you know, I can't tell you how many times, you know, I was in Venice drinking whiskey, and someone said, hey, man, you want to come do a podcast? And I fucking said, yeah, let's go. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like fucking like, zero fucks. Yeah, and, like and how many that, times my wife was, we were going to go out, but somebody was rolling through Dallas, and we decided to do a podcast or – how many times, you know, we just jumped on our bikes and rode across country. Like, you know, everything that we do, uh, myself and my friends, you know, we we don't have an official thing. We're not like a club or anything. But, you know, with the Fast Life Garage, you know, we just, all the homies, we're the Fast Life crew. You know what I'm saying? And I'm yeah. so forever grateful 
for all my friends to share my brand name with our journeys and, and their uh, efforts to be a part of it. But that's beautiful, bro. That's, that's, it is. I, it it I, means I, a lot I, to I, me. I don't know. Yeah. It's it, the word is beautiful. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, it's outstanding that you have support. Uh, you, you created something people believe in it and they're following it mm -hmm. and you guys are doing it together. This is fucking amazing. Yeah, you yeah. Convince somebody to fucking ride with you twenty days yeah, unexpectedly, drug like fucking drug them, huh? <laughs> oh, dude, I've, I've got dirt on him. I, I, <laughs> I had the the option to all of a sudden do it, and I was like, yeah, you can't. You basically can't tell me no because yeah. I'll fuck your life up. So I'll, I'll it'll be over. <laughs> no, it's um. But as far as like lending the name and stuff, like I feel like very confident in speaking for the rest of our friends. Where you know, make no bones about it, his name and the things he's accomplished in the industry opens up doors and lets us experience things that we otherwise normally wouldn't have. But if the dude didn't have the podcast, if he didn't paint, if he was just an, another dickhead like us that we met at bike night, but otherwise his ideals and the things he is about are the same thing. We would still, we would be doing this trip. Yeah. We just, like I said, we wouldn't, there wouldn't be, wouldn't be documented. Yeah. there Well, it'd be documented, the but there, there may be not, might not be as many eyes on it. And like I said, we wouldn't get the, the sometimes the, the hospitality the love we get. and the, the stuff that he's opened up. And, but fuck, man, it's, it's not like a, a Jason is cronies things. I mean, nobody busts yeah. his balls on the road more than us <laughs> and our friends. And it truly but is that's a how it should be. thing. And it's, 100%. it's that's how it should be. I'm on record for saying it many times on his podcast that, and just talking to me anywhere, you know me, I won the lottery when I met this whole group. And I, and honestly, everybody in our, Core circle feels the same way. Yeah. And that's dope. It's just the best. We're the nine, 10, eight best, whatever friends anyone could ever have <laughs> sing the song over yeah, and over. Yeah. 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 It is. We're just, yeah. No, that's beautiful. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll be honest. Like that's something I want to create. I didn't even realize I wanted to create it before. It was like, I appreciated the fact that I can ask somebody to turn off their phone, put on headphones and get into like a deep conversation. Yeah. Like I really love that aspect of it. Now, I'm like, wait a minute. There's a business here. There's a potential here. There's yeah. a group. There's a following. There, the 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 person that I had on before wants to meet the other person that I had before, and there's a network. There's a connection. How, how do comes, I put this yeah. together? How do you balance all this out? I mean, you you have how many episodes now? Uh, we're at two seventy. Uh, after this trip, once we dump all the podcasts that we've been getting on this trip, we'll probably be in two seventy five, two eighty ish. Uh, I believe I, I haven't checked where we're at currently, um, but it's surreal, hundred percent surreal because I every fifty episodes I want to quit. Yeah, you know what I mean. Every fifty episodes, I, I I question question my myself like, why do you keep doing this? Like you you're an asshole, you're a dumbass, you're not qualified to be an ambassador of motorcycles in any kind of way, and not that I am, but you know just how people perceive, you know what you know what we end up doing as as podcasters, like we. You know, we we share me we share stories and messages, and we also promote a common ground of message. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Um, one thing I, I took from yours early on was that, like you're, you know, you you're in the the heart of so much content. So many, you know, one of the things I was even telling him whenever I was talking, hey, let's go do this podcast. This dude, this dude's had celebrities on his podcast, man. Like that shit's fucking wild to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you've had so many dudes on here that like Comedians. from Michael Beach to uh fucking uh Alonzo Bowden. Dude, fucking, yeah, Alonzo uh, Bowden. I, I, I got I forgot I about got, him. I, I, I no, there's there, there. uh the comedian dude, he rides bikes. Uh what's his name? 
fuck one. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, there's, fuck there's, there's a bunch of them. But I, I mean, I got my good boy Dean Del Rey. He's Dean Del Rey. Out. That's oh, what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, dude, like Dean Del Rey. This uh, and I, I knew you know, knew I him. him at the comedy store when we were here. For yeah, yeah. Free, yeah. Like, Dean, Dean and I used to work at Harley. Mm. We used to work at Harley together. And uh, then I was going through a divorce, and then we started doing comedy. We were doing stand up. Oh shit! So we started together, and we started. We went to the school first, then we went to fucking. We did a couple shows. Then I did the comedy store, but then this this uh, divorce thing started becoming fucking yeah really yeah. heavy, and and I was really fighting to get my kid. You know, like oh, I, he was yeah. with me till like the age of seven. He was with me eighty percent of the time. Because yeah. his mom was a TV news anchor. She's one of those fucking Colombian chicks with the Coca-Cola body. Okay, I get it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah so, yeah. But crazier than shit, you know? And uh, it, it was just difficult. So I quit the comedy, and then, uh, and then fucking I was going to start a podcast, and I didn't. And then two years ago, two and a half years ago, one of my buddies was like, bro, what happened to your podcast, dude? And I was like, no, I only did three episodes. He's like, let's record right now. Yeah. And, and that's it. And this is the first time that I've taken it serious. And like what you were talking about, it's so serious. This is the only thing that I will not make. I, I will cancel everything. I will drop everything. Yeah, I you mean, know, you like, did it tonight. Yeah, like, like, I, like, I, my connection was bad. I just finished the hike and fucking got here. My phone thing, and then I'm like looking at your messages, like, oh, sh- let's do it, fucking, yeah. right, look, let's get the graphics up, let's set it up. It's what eleven fifteen. Yeah, it's fucking rock and roll. Yeah, you know. So this is the only thing that I, I've I've ever felt this way, other than my you know my children. Yeah, you know, for what, sure. So, well, I mean, for me, I, I'm I'm approaching five years doing the podcast, Fucking and wild. and um, you know, it's uh, it it's it's it makes money. It makes money. It doesn't it doesn't cover my livelihood. Like like I can't quit all my other things to just focus on podcasts. But um, this trip, this uh, 29 day trip on the road, basically is my my first efforts of kind of going more full time with podcasting and, and wanting to get more into it because, uh, I really enjoy doing it. And it's one of those things that I feel like there's no, there's no cap to how much money it could produce, but there's also no cap to, you know, like the energy that I put into a podcast versus the energy that puts that I have to put into paint. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's so different. What, what's, what's easier. Uh, podcasting's easier as far as like physically, mentally, yeah. they, they can kind of be the same because, you know, if I'm having my buddies on and we're just going to drink beer and talk shit about said thing. Yeah. That's an easy podcast. But you know, if somebody is coming to town, someone jumps in an airplane, comes to Dallas, comes to the studio, all shit. Like this is for real. Like now I have to, I need to be on point. I need to have the questions. I need to be. I need to be uh, very versed on this this guest's life to be able to bring up things and 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 be involved and make sure that I can produce the best possible podcast with their story with the time that they're giving me. That's where it's hard. That's yeah. where it's hard. There's a lot of anxiety, a lot of stress. You know, just want to make sure that they felt like they their story was told the correct way. Um, ultimately, it is their story and they're saying it, but. As a podcast host, I, I know you can attest that, that there's an ownership to how the story gets so said. How, how you, uh, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And it, you know, if you but, you rarely were going to get are going to get a guest in here that's just going to, all right, man. So how how'd you get into motorcycles? And then bam, thirty minutes later, you're like, well, uh, do you want to take a break? <laughs> yeah. No, you have to. There's always it's a conversation. It's not, you know, a podcast is not as one sided as an interview. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
So yeah, it, it's it's. I, I had a guest like that um, a few episodes ago, and this guy was the the number one counterfeiter of, oh, of the hundred dollar bill of nineteen ninety six. He was just on like four or five episodes ago, and and it's 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 interesting because I was I was trying to get as much information about him before he came in. Everything that I saw online was an interview. Everything yeah. was. Interview, yeah, my name is, you know, Arthur J. Williams, da-da-da-da, I did this, da-da-da, everything, right? Yeah. When he came in, we talked about crazy shit. We talked about him growing up in Chicago. We talked about fucking breaking into meters, dad leaving him, yeah. finding his dad 20 years later, living in Alaska, and having fucking eight fucking husky dogs that he was spending $1,000 on food that pissed him off because he's like, you spent $1,000 on your fucking dogs, but you abandoned us. Like, like it, yeah. it just, there was gems in there. It, it, was, it was such an intricate podcast. And at the end, he's like, dude, I've never been able to talk about this, Long this, form, this dude. was this was like amazing. I feel even better yeah. after 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 a, a interview or a conversation exactly like this. And that was another dilemma that I had because ride boundless. You know, like I've been riding twenty five years. I've worked for the Harley shop. You know, fucking I, I've ridden, I've ridden everywhere, yeah. right? And I was like, but all my conversations are getting more intricate. And they're getting, you know, I had a police detective and I had this and I had that. I, I don't want to limit myself just to motorcycles because all yeah. of a sudden I was going to get another celebrity on. She's the main uh, host or the main, um, she's the lead on a show called Station 19. Mm-hmm. Not a big show, but like she's the main lead. Yeah. And she's like, but your podcast is all motorcycles. And I was like, no, it ain't. It's, it's life is a ride. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so you I, I was thinking about switching the name to Live Boundless. And I yeah. did that for two, three episodes, but then people were like, "What's live boundless?" And I was like, "It's not live, live boundless, you yeah. know." Trust me, I know what you're talking about. Anyway, so it, it, it's it's figuring out, it's discovering it. But I guess at the end, it, it doesn't even matter what you call it, man. As long as you're just consistent and people know what to expect. You know? Well, I think like I mean, even what you just told uh, us about the counterfeiter, uh, I'm fucking, I'm interested. <laughs> that sounds interesting as Dude, fuck. His story was fucking you know? amazing. Uh, that's almost like a, a Jordan. What Bel- Jordan Belford? Yeah, yeah, like the Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, that, that kind of shit. It's that. It was that kind of story. Yeah. And what was what was intricate is as he's talking, you can visualize it, mm-hmm. and that was one of those episodes that that like you know I have certain friends that kind of like you know they're kind of like standoffish. Like if I do something like that was okay, that was cool. Oh, whatever. Yeah, yeah. This they they called me and they're like, dude, there was so many gems when he said this, when he said that. Like like there was one where he was talking about. There was no food in the fridge. I posted this one. He goes, "There's no food in the fridge." Uh, my mom's depressed, you know, and and my brother and I, we hit the streets and we have a stick in our hand and we start hitting fucking, you know, the parking meters. Yeah, blink, 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 and then we're like, "Fuck, man, what are we gonna do about food?" And then clink, we hear this money in this fucking meters, and we're like, oh, "Fuck, how do we open this?" You know, there's fucking money in there. Yeah, and they figured out that if you do this, that, 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 they fuck. Anyways, they open them up. They get like 80-something bucks on a few meters. They go to the store, buy food, take it home. And the mom's like, where did you guys get the money to buy this food? And he's like, we found it from the fucking meters. He gets fucking spanked. After he gets spanked, he gets sent to his room and says, God will show, God will take care of us. And you know what he responds? He goes, he did, Mom. He showed me how to open up the meters. And, and that's how I bought the food. Like, you know, but it's like... Yeah. Like it's just crazy shit. Like the best that. thing you can get from a guest um, is intimacy, 
and vulnerability. Yeah. When when somebody opens, especially the bigger their their platform is or the wilder their story is, when they open it up and they give you the details of stuff that they don't they don't put in an interview. You know what I mean? That's to me. That's the one of the biggest differences, and that's when you make the biggest connections. And when the in my opinion, when the audience makes makes the biggest connections with people, because everybody has those vulnerabilities and those those times where you're not proud of, but to hear somebody else go through the same thing or something just like it, yeah, yeah, that's the to me that's the shit that locks people in, and that's the thing for that's especially in this motorcycle community that makes everybody. Yeah. It just makes it like we're all the same same people we're, we're all the all same people and that and that's what that's what's also wild about this it's like if i want like for me if i want to be like this is a motorcycle podcast 99 percent of the people that ride here they all have a professional career they're all a doctor or a surgeon or an yeah. actor or like they, they, there's a whole other side to them it's like the bike thing is what we have in common but there's fucking wild stories yeah, out they there. They understand that passion for something greater than what they are, and well, if you if you think about it like this, like my early days of going to meet up with other bikers to go on a ride, right? Yeah. When I would show up to the the local gas station where said ride was starting, you know, you're pulling up, and you know, at this time, this is 2004 for me. You know, I'm fucking broke as shit. You know, I got like 20 bucks on me for the day. <laughs> To go yeah. on this ride, gas. I didn't drink, so that Calculating was Calculating yeah, everything, yeah. yeah, yeah. But, you know, I'm pulling up, and I'm parking next to a doctor, a couple business owners, a couple people that are way better off in life than I am financially and career-wise. And that's never really discussed, you know what I mean? It's never really a part of the situation. So, you know, you pull up, and you're, you're just kind of accepted into this world of motorcycling because you showed up on the thing that makes it right. And I guess to bring that into the point of what you're talking about with uh, doing a show is that motorcycling is a part of our, all of us as people, but I don't think it defines most of us as people. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so there's so many other things in our life that might curate who we are as people, uh, other hobbies, other interests, family, careers, things like that. Uh, maybe the motorcycle for some people, not necessarily for me, and that, I'm not saying it's a, it's good or bad. I'm I'm a biker, and that's my industry. I work in the industry yeah, yeah. of motorcycling. I ride it, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but, you have a career in it. Yeah. Like it. But uh, somebody that has a career, someone that's a principal at a high school, but also is a motorcyclist, right? Right. They're going to be interested in a lot of different things, but you're a podcast that can – Give them the motorcycle flavor. They can sprinkle the motorcycle salt and pepper on. Yeah, they they, they can. Well, wait, wait, here, as you're saying that, what I'm thinking about is like, okay, a principal. Mm -hmm. A principal is a fucking principal. And yeah. I'm sure he's proud of being a principal. Mm -hmm. But he wants to sprinkle that he's a fucking biker. So he's going to come in here. He's going to be like, yeah, I'm a principal at fucking at this university and blah, 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 at this school. And then I teach this and I, you know, the kids and blah, 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 yeah, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. But I ride a fucking Harley Davidson. I He's, fucking and that week, that Sunday's mine, and my wife can't tell me shit. And I'm, you know, and, and she it, better it, not because I'll fuck the library. <laughs> I'll, <laughs> fuck <a> li <laughs> I'll fuck the librarian. God damn it! Nah. Fuck it, I'll fuck the library too. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so that that that's the flavor, and, yeah. and, and and that's and that's that's why I didn't want to focus so much. Like, I'll, I'll use me as an example. You know, I've been riding almost twenty five years. I do a shitload of mileage locally. 
Like yeah. the BMW is two years old. I'm almost at 20,000 miles. I haven't traveled anywhere with the BMW. That's just fucking traffic. That's yeah. cutting lanes, splitting lanes. What you guys know, splitting lanes is fucking wild over here. You know, it's, it's an amazing opportunity. Though. It's, it's so good, right? Yeah. So good. But I, I fucking, I ride. I, I am what's considered a biker if you look at the mileage. But if you look at my style, if you look at what I do as a profession outside of this, if you look at my lifestyle, I'm not the typical biker, right? Like yeah. I had a, I had somebody call me from a TV station. They're like, hey, Robert, we know you ride bikes and you're fucking this, that, 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 that. But we're looking for bikers, tatted up, you know, bald. And I was like... Me, they're like, no, not you. You're you're too professional. Yeah. We're looking for the the. So, anyways, I hooked them up with a bulletproof welder. Okay, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So he came out in a music video, uh, a Spanish music video, and that's the style they're going for. But my point is, is that I consider myself a biker, but I don't look like a biker. Society does it. A society, yeah. yeah. Well, that's the problem too, because um, you know, I had another another conversation I was having is that. I think historically we all have this, I think society has a, a, an idea of what a biker looks like. And I would say that like the skateboarders of the nineties who have become bikers, they've helped kind of uh, change how bikers look. Now, most of us wear vans. We, we wear dickies. We, we look like we can also go send your car, you know, or some shit like that, like work in a shop. But, you know, I feel like, the one thing that some generations are, let me see how to, how to word this. Like I love the history of all of us, like the bikers, especially SoCal. There's so much history here uh, in, in, in biker culture, but as much as I do appreciate it and I do want to pay homage to it, I also want to make history myself. Yeah. I want to look like what I'm comfortable looking like. And I want to ride the the thing I want to set my bike up with the influences that are from said whatever, you know what I mean? And I, I hope that in it. 10 years or 20 years, maybe our generation of bikers will be looked at a different way. Like we won't be, you know, think about it. Like we try to host bike nights in at, at, at restaurants or bars and they have this notion of, Oh, we don't want a whole bunch of fucking bikers here. Loud, dirty, don't tip well. Like, we have a great reputation in Dallas because when we host bike nights, we fuck with dudes that don't tip well, that don't that that, yeah, that act like out. an asshole at, to the bartenders. We treat the bartenders like they're fucking the president of our bike club. You know what I mean? So That's dope. It, it's it's just a difference of like uh, you know, we my generation of bikers, we didn't have to deal with what the the people of the sixties and seventies had to deal with when bike bikers were. If you rode a bike, period outlaw one percenter or not you were outlawed by society right yeah. we don't have that it's not our it's not our world so why the fuck are we going to live our lives like this you know it, what i mean it, it's interesting because uh you know dean and i dean fucking there was a time like 20 plus years where he didn't even own a car yeah, yeah. like he was just fucking biker 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 and and we rode sturges and street vibrations and yeah, we would yeah. go to all the fucking events but you know, one, he had a, he had an accident, and he kind of fucked up his back. And he, he's old, bro, Dean looks amazing, but he's yeah. almost 60. Yeah. Okay? Yeah, that's mm-hmm. number one. Number two, he, he kind of got tired of that whole society thing. He's like, yeah. dude, I'm kind of like, like, these are my tats, because he used to be in a rock and roll band. He's traveled the world. He's mm-hmm. done concerts. But he's like, dude, I'm tired of fucking rolling up somewhere and just, you know, people are like, like being treated different or 
you know, looked at different. And he, and he like, I almost feel like that was the point of why he stopped writing. Yeah. You know? I mean, I, w- I would want to stop because it's, it's annoying. It's like, yo, man, like, you don't claim me whenever I'm nobody, but then whenever I'm somebody, now you, you want to claim my style? Yeah, yeah. My style? Like, oh, I'm I'm stealing from you now, dude? Like, yeah. get the fuck out of here, yeah, dude. Who are you? Especially as an artist. Like, yeah. people are like, oh, you think you're a fucking biker, but then they're copying your fucking painting skills yeah, or, man. Like, or trying to. The world, you know, we we did a podcast today, and he actually, he summed it up in a good way. It's like, we all as people have to be in a position. He's got to try the tequila. I'm, I'm good. No, he's got to try the tequila. <laughs> so we all have to, uh, how do you say it? Um, yes, please. We all have to learn the skills and the vibes and the styles that we need to do, but we also have to get to a point where we're ready to share it. And and uh, mentor other others into it, if you will. Yeah. And uh, I'm not saying that I'm in a, at a point, but this is something I gathered. You from, are at that point. I gathered this from a podcast where he's like, "Yo, man, I've been I've been honing my skills. I've been holding it to close to the chest. You know, I wanted to, uh, you know, I've been just I, I've been scared to show people what I'm doing, but now I'm realizing that what I'm doing is becoming obsolete. It's becoming a dying." a trend, a dying craft. craft. Yeah. And, um, if I don't, f- I've been pushing people away for so long that now I'm like, I, I almost got to beg people to come want to learn it now because otherwise it's going to die with me. Right. And I think that culture can do that. Cult culture can die with a generation if they make it too hard to understand, yeah. you know, and unfortunately, Unfortunately, this is not by design of any of us. Culture is 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 becoming more simple minded, right? They're, they're simple, 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 quicker, quicker. Social media, blah blah blah. Instant gratification. Yeah, all that shit, right? Um, how do you make it more? How do you make this culture more palatable? But here's here's the biggest question. Like, I don't understand. I don't have that answer, right? But do you want to be the de- generation where this shit dies on? Because you could figure out how to make it cool to the next generation. And that's what it is. Because uh, the grandfathers, the the old, you know, angels of the past that were fucking doing, you know, the Rolling Stones concerts or whatever the fuck. And, and they, they didn't have to do much because culture exposed them to us, right? Yeah. But now there is no culture to expose. We expose ourselves with social media. Right. There's no magazines out there exposing what we do. TV shows aren't looking for bikers right now. We're not fucking popular. Right. Everybody wants a cowboy right now. Right. So how do you how do you as 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 the torchbearers of a culture and generation or a style of bike carry it? Otherwise, it dies on you. We're I think we're kind of the first fucking deep, dude. We're kind of like the first maybe. We're kind of one of the first generations where not only do we have to figure out how to promote ourselves, but we have to promote the the, the lifestyle and, and the world of motorcycling that we were given, yeah. right? You know, there's this, I'm, I'm going to try to dive into this, and I'm probably going to sound super ignorant about it, but, and I haven't read the book, but I've, I've, let, I've read the Cliff Notes, and uh, it was a, it's a book called, uh, the boomer generation, it's a, it's a generation of sociopaths. They were given the best America and they won't let it go and they won't pass it on. 
and even to this day, the the boomers are still running the world, right? They didn't yeah. have to work for the world that they get, they were given by the World War II generation. The greatest generation. Yeah, the the last generation to go really fight a, uh, you know. The true American version. Exactly. And um, like I said, I'm not versed enough to really dive into that. I don't know why I fucking brought it up, but. Um, no, but, it, but you made the point. It was one of the greatest generations. It is. I, I was just. I was at the gym earlier, and this was a conversation that we were talking about. Like, um, what what what's America now? Like, yeah, what is, what is it? it? Like, who who's gonna fight for it? You know, there, there's a lot of people that are not gonna fight for it. They're gonna demand we fight for it, but yeah. they're not gonna fight for it. You the know? only way, uh, even, I mean, even somebody I just had on the podcast recently, they were, uh, you know, a Navy pilot for yeah. 20 plus years. Papa Juan, baby. That's right. But he's not going to encourage his kids to be join the military because it, it, it's. Well, Top Gun it, just it, came back out again. The recruitment. Recruitment's recruitment. going up. So, you know, I'm going <laughs> to see if they'll take a 40 year old. away for the dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah, baby. but because of social media, people are, are realizing that, you know, you're, you're, you're not. It's not America you're representing. It's all these corporations. Yeah. It's all this. It's all this. It's a business that you're protecting, and that that's what. See, that's the thing. Russia has Russian people. Yeah, Russian people have Mother Russia, right? Yeah, China has Chinese well, they people. They control the media. They can tell you. They let you. You know they. Essentially, tell you what to think. I'm not shitting on well, them. I'm just saying they can, they, they can curate. Well, yeah, over and, here and, we have and, such a right, and I'm you're not able to go you're, as you're, fringe as you okay. want to be. One hundred percent. But but the thing is, is they bleed Russia. Yeah, China. They bleed. Oh, we China. could use we could yeah. use a, with a lot more of what they're serving over there. Trust yeah. me. Absolutely. No. I no, love being like, land of the home and the free of the brave and all that shit. But we. The problem is, is uh, the home cooking. When you when you have only country music singing about uh, America shit, we need a little bit more. We need some more rock. Like we need some more of that like Danger Zone. Garth Brooks, shit. man. We We've got play, plenty of that. They need to play Kid Rock every fucking morning. That's right. And make kids go back to saluting. No, the flag. what they but need the, to do. Yeah, the national. When you go to, the simple fact. When you go to fucking elementary school, they need to start the fucking pledge of allegiance with cowboy. No. Jimi Hendrix, Jimi <laughs> Hendrix playing the fucking national anthem, Woodstock, yeah, and, and everybody cannot sit down until they shed a tear. And the kids that roll their <laughs> eyes or act like they're yeah, bored, put them in they detention. Get yeah, put they just get detention. beat up right yeah. there. Yeah. Teacher turns a blind eye. Hey, here's the soap in the sock. <laughs> Fuck that kid up till he loves America. Yeah, dude, but that that's 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 fucking. That's what it should be. That's what it was. What I'm saying is it should be what it was. But right now, like, what's going on here, man? I, I, I There's a guy that I follow. <laughs> the guy's dope. Hopefully I'll get him on the podcast. His name's Andrew Tate. Mm -hmm. This motherfucker's, this guy's gnarly, all right? He's like, I don't know what the fuck's going on in America. He lives in Romania. Yeah. He's like, I don't know what the fuck's going on in America. America's the weirdest fucking place I've ever been. Like, especially California. Yeah. Like you go to Santa Monica. He was talking about that he went to Santa Monica and there was a woman fucking drugged out and homeless and she lifted up her shirt and her fucking saggy tits are fucking sagging and she's screaming and yelling at somebody that's not there, you know? And, yeah. and and that's the norm. And that is the norm. Like if you go to San Francisco it's even crazier. Like we have crazy fucking people here. Mm -hmm. And I've traveled like a lot out of the country. You don't see the craziness you see here. And I love this fucking place. But it's fucking crazy. This is a nice neighborhood. 
there's a fucking RV homeless fucking guy here. There's some people selling drugs down the street over there. This is a nice neighborhood. I know people in Beverly Hills, they're getting robbed. Their watches are getting robbed. Their cars are getting robbed. Another guy just got shot and killed in his own home in Beverly Hills. Like, what the fuck is happening to America, bro? It's like, yeah, it's, it's, bro, like you're talking about the last generation, like us being the last generation of motorcycles. What about being the last generation of fucking America? Well, yeah, well, I mean, fuck your local laws, buy guns, <laughs> oh, keep bro. guns, use guns. It's because bad guys will always have them. Dude, I'm, look, I, well, I, I, I don't, yeah. I don't want to go too deep into this. I'd rather ask Uvalde, for permission or Uvalde, I'd rather ask right for, now. Yeah. How far are you from that? Uh, that's about three or 400 miles from us. No, about, about 300 miles from us, but it was, dude, I, I'll be honest with you. I, I'll speak on that. Um, I was. I remember. I was in. I was still in Texas when that took place, and every time, you know, I got the. I got the news. You know, the 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 headline Apple or uh, notification. Yeah, notification the popped news. up. I was like, usually, you know, I ain't gonna lie. I'm sorry. I'll get like a headline. Oh fuck, New York shooting, uh, Buffalo. Fuck that sucks. But when I saw the kids, I was like, God damn! And it immediately like hit me hit heavy. Heavy as fuck. I was like, fuck, man. Like, I felt sad. I started thinking about my kids. I started, started thinking about just the 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 position of being a parent and, uh, you know, potentially, you know, what that must feel like to be, you know, begging or at this at this moment. I didn't know the, 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 the details. The details. But just the, the concept of, like, being at work and all of a sudden finding out there's, oh, school. Oh, I live there. What the fuck? Oh, that's. My kid's there. Like, talk about playing the fucking lotto right quick. You know what I'm saying? And I hate to use that analogy, but, you know, you're you're hoping you don't fucking hit red that day, right? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, and it's, uh, it, it got me a little choked up. I was, I was pretty, uh, sad about it, but I'm not, that, I'm not knowledgeable enough about that world. I'm not knowledgeable enough about everything involved. That's such a podcaster thing to say, too. To, to, Blah 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 blah. I'm not that knowledgeable. No, I need the same thing. Yeah. With my no, you have to. You have to. But, but you're I don't right. want to. I don't yeah. want to be the one to make posts about it. I don't want to be the one to go. No, like, I'm, I'm not going to blurt my the, opinions. I'm not going to post about it, and I'm, I'm not. going to sad. Give, That's all I want to do. I'm. I'm I, fucking sad. I'm terrified. Yeah. I'm terrified. Yesterday, when I read the latest article, that shit broke my heart. Yesterday was the article that broke my heart about the shooting, and it was the cops showed up fifteen like. 11 to 15 minutes after he showed up and they were on standby. Yeah. They were listening to gunshots. 20 minutes later, more cops show up and they have one shield up and they have one rifle up. They stood by and continued listening yeah. to the fucking shootings. And then almost an hour later, they had three shields and multiple rifles. That's when they came in. What the fuck, man? Yeah. Where does that happen in anywhere in the world? That's the one thing that makes me really the saddest thing about it being in my because the shooting could happen anywhere. Mm-hmm. I'm really dis- I'm disappointed in my state that it took that long for law enforcement to to do what they do and and so many agencies. Heard, you know, yeah, God, yeah. Uh, you know, God bless the the border patrol guy that went in there, and I've, I guess I've and who fucking knows what you've seen, what's a meme, what's true, what's not. But the guy that rushed in and, you know, apparently his, he took a bullet grace at the head. It showed his hat. Just, I don't know. What is, I mean, like. Salute to that guy. 
Well, that's why. That's why I'm saying. It, to me, I, I heard a bunch of stuff, but until yesterday's uh, article, where they were like, "Okay, we we pulled up the cameras." Yeah. The guy came in through the back door at this time. There was three cops on the floor within <laughs> fucking eleven to fifteen minutes. Once you start seeing the actual facts, that's when it got uncomfortable. Like let, I was like, "Let what? me, but let me fucking cosplay, dude." Let me ru- let me ru- ruffle some <laughs> feathers. It was funny because uh, Jade made a funny comment. We we went to the drum circle at the. Uh, in Venice, you know, my my wife's uh, aunt is a Venezite. She's been there since 74. And so we showed up Sunday night. And she's like, hey, we're all going to the drum circle, circle out on Venice Beach. And we're like, all right, let's go. And we get out sure. there. And it's, I mean, it's it's cool. I, I, I can see the energy, right? But uh, at some point in time, he goes, Jaden goes, and we're joking, right? We're not being serious. He goes, yeah. this is not Jane, John Wayne's California, right? Yeah. And I fucking loved it. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you're right. And I'm going to take it a step further. This ain't fucking Clint Eastwood's California, right? This isn't a a world where heroes are defined by by values and morals. They're they're created, you know, and and, and don't get me wrong, I'm a huge comic book fan, but heroes now look fake. They're sci-fi. They're not regular people that that do things or or have some kind of moral code to, to do something. And and moral codes these days look more outlawed than anything, right? So, like, could you have could you have a dirty Harry now? Could you have a fucking you know any not at all. any of that shit? Like, it's not accepted. It's not respected. It's not respected. It's not respected. And so, and, and and that is the other the other side of it. The other side of it is like, who the fuck wants to be a cop now? Like, yeah, so, did you read the Chicago thing? Mm-mm. Oh, they just released an article today. Starting today just because this is going to be later, June 21st, for another 15, 20 minutes. Uh, just starting today in Chicago, if some, if a police officer says, hey, come here, if you start running by law, they just pass the law, the cop can't chase you anymore. Hell yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. Let's what? go do some dirt in what fucking Chicago. What fuck, man? dude? They can't chase you because of the 21-year-old shooting they had and the 13-year-old shooting they were like, these were people they were trying to stop. They didn't stop. They had to run after them. And then it turned into a bigger conflict. And they shot them. So they made a law. That yeah. They can't chase them. How the fuck does that make sense? You know what You know what I really think it is? Let, let me, this is another ignorant perspective of everything. But I think that we have grown as a, our, our society as people has grown an exponential amount. And it's as accurate as our founding fathers have created a constitution, a declaration of independence for us to kind of live by. And, of course, there's been amendments to that over the years and obviously some things that have, you know, been great things. But there's no account of like there's no there's nothing that has like made it to where it's like it's understandable for this many people. You know how crazy it is when I am a victim of having a DWI. Right. Right. And I say victim because I wasn't that drunk. Right. None of us. <laughs> and I, I could have made yeah. it home if he didn't pull me over. Absolutely. You know? Like, like, like <laughs> we've done it thousands of times. Yeah. And, and it sucks that everybody I know that was born 10 years before me, you know, they were a product of, yeah, I would, we used to go out and drink and, and, you know, the cop would pull us over. We were drunk and they would escort us home. Like that never that my generation never got to experience a slap on the wrist. Not at all. You know, my generation is like we get fucked at twenty one years old and we have ten thousand dollars in debt to the fucking state 
for a minor thing that every one of those motherfuckers got in trouble for too. And our right? insurance is expensive because we were under 25 yeah. and then our insurance is more expensive because we have a DUI or DWI. Yeah. And then on top of that, fucking we were fucking, you're white and you know, I'm yeah. Cuban and like it, it just continues. Yeah. Yeah. Like our fees were ridiculous. So, so to me, it's like, you know, we all base, but that things that, on history and, and, our, and the culture that we all grew up with our family, our friends and, and how it was for them, but how it is for us is not the same. Uh, but half the country still bases their, uh, like, how things should be based on how they had it. Yeah. And how they had it ain't how we have it. And how we have it ain't how my kids are having it. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. the, it's almost like the uh, it, it's too short of a demographic of life to live out nowadays to... You know, even though I, I still feel young as shit, I can I can uh, have a conversation with my son or my daughter who's twenty, right? Like the way How she's. Old are you? I'm I'm almost forty. Yeah, I'm thirty nine. I'll be forty in two months. But my daughter's 82? twenty. Eighty two. Yeah, my man. You look way better than me, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm gonna work out one day. You look good, man. I, I, I was planning on working out in September. I uh, doesn't flow off the tongue, but Cuban don't. Cuban don't crack. Yeah, Cuban don't crack. <laughs> but uh, I, I don't know, man. Cuban it's, American, man. American yeah, Cuban. How about that? Yeah, there you go. I don't know, man. Like I, I just feel like there's just like this when you see people bickering back and forth on on news about like uh, you know Democrat Republican you know race whatever blah blah blah. It's like nobody's addressing the fact that like yo like you know it's not it's not about white privilege anymore it's about like 70s privilege 80s privilege Dude, 90s privilege white white privilege right now uh-huh. especially like in the the film industry is gone i was actually writing with michael beach yeah. and uh eddie cyprian mm-hmm. okay both they they they've been on a couple they're, yeah, yeah. they're team michael stars, beach yeah. i know him real well and i don't know Ed, him but i know yeah, like eddie cyprian uh did a lot of things with michael beach we were just writing maybe a month ago eddie cyprian's Cuban-American, okay? But he's fucking 6'3", light-complected. He's been acting his whole career, like, because of his, you know, light skin and whatever. They're telling me right now... Modern-day Ricky Ricardo. Modern-day Ricky (laughs) Ricardo. But they're telling me right now, they're like, dude, if you're a a white boy trying to get in the film industry now, if you're a, a writer and you're white now, forget about it. They're looking for minorities. They're looking for, you know, what, and, and it's funny because we say minorities, but now it's like they're not the minorities. Now the, the white, you know, anybody that's white is a minority. Yeah, it, yeah. It's twisting. Like Louis C.K. I fucking love Louis love C.K. Him. He had a joke. He's like, he's like, um, I like being white. You know, we, we can do certain things black people can't do, like time travel. You know, I can go back into time anytime, and they'll be like, sir, your seat's right here. <laughs> yeah, I remember that one. You know, but he goes... But I'm not going to travel to the future because white people are getting, <laughs> we're getting ours. We're getting yeah. ours, you know, and, and, he, and he says this, but it, it's, it's crazy because it's, and again, there's two sides to the whole thing, right? Because yeah. now it's like, okay, a white person, it, it's more difficult to get into film today. Yeah. But for a black person, it was more difficult for them to get into a, a film back in the days. So it, it's... You know, what's gonna, you know what's going to solve all this shit? And, and this isn't a white or black situation. Stop talking about it. At the end of the day, that, that's, that's it is gonna, that is going to solve it. But at the end of the day, uh, money rules all. 
And if, unless said demographic of people can come in and make things great, make things entertaining, make things sell. Make things people, great, huh? People are not going to, well, no, people are not going to buy based on like, oh, you know, how, how long has recycling been a thing? Like, I don't fucking do it. I should, yeah. but I know it'll make the the world better. I'm not going to pick my entertainment based on, oh, well, it's not as good as it could be if white people were doing it. Yeah. yeah. It, bottom line is, is it good or not? Right? Yeah. Is this a good movie? Is it not? I'm a, I love Marvel movies. I That's been a bonding experience for me and my son. But I'm going to tell you right now, shit's getting weak. Shit's getting woke. It's getting and it's getting a lot more the, hard the, the to... Uh, end game. Endgame was the end game of that. Endgame was the shit. But, After that, but no, no, Endgame sucked. Ah, uh, dude, know, I it, cried. Look, li- listen to me. Hulk was transgender all of a sudden. For sure, I agree what with the that. fuck? The the dude from Guardians of the Galaxy, the fucking seventies, eighties music badass playboy, was like pussy whooped and yeah. fucking weak. Iron Man, the fucking masculine, rich fucking dude. Dies. Uh, what what else was there? Captain America dies and turns his shield into fucking uh, Hulk, whatever. Fucking the the black actor, which yeah. I love him. In you can't Pain say and black King. actor. Yeah, uh, you gotta say uh, African American. American. I can't even say African American. I gotta say American dark. That sounds terrible, bro. You it all sounds me. bad. <laughs> There's bad. no good way to say it. Yeah. But, you know. He'll always be Papa Doc to me. Who yeah. got his but, ass handed to him in 8 Mile, baby. <laughs> <laughs> but, the, but the thing is, 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 is that's so fucking extreme to, it like, is. say, we, we got to retire Captain America. So, Endgame, when I saw that, I was like, dude, this is, like, really. Then the woman was the most strongest. No, no, that was uh, that was the next one, right? No, she was. She was supposed she was on to that be. One? Uh, but she yeah. was the strongest fucking Avenger all of a sudden, yeah. woman power. And if you look at what they turned it into compared to the other movies, it's yeah. like, dude, this is really fucking weird, man. Society's taking what, a big turn. What Jay said is right as far as, like, the cream's going to rise to the top as far as talent goes. And what I, you would think they, you would hope they realize is you're, you're in a time where you've never had more competition between TV being as good as it is, the just endless options on TV. I'm listening. All these things you to do there. If all of a sudden you want to start <clears throat> you want to start watering down your product for the for the cause of, you know, finger quotes diversity and doing that, well all of a sudden if the product sucks, I don't have to watch it. I have podcasts, I have video games YouTube. I can play. I have all this YouTube, I have all these other things where if all of a sudden your inner your quality just drops because you want to play woke I don't have to watch it. This is yeah. not the early 90s where I'm locked into eight channels or whatever. Or if you splurge for cable, I don't need you. So do what you got to do. I applaud for trying to get everybody a piece of the pie, but do it at your own peril. Like I said, I love the Halo series, but Halo was up in front of go. Oh, total. I forget the fucking term. And man, there was a couple roles where I was like, I kind of, this kind of sucks. I don't understand what this chick's saying. Going back and looking at the like the the canon uh, material, it should have been an old bitter white lady. And it's yeah. not, and it's and it's not. And yeah. again, and I don't I don't give two fucks about that. It's just well, yeah, no, yeah. nobody. Just don't ruin your product because yeah. if you made the quality worse, 
I don't have to hang around. I have more than enough options. It's yeah. That's no, uh, Mark and Freeman had an interview, and I'm I, I'm sure you yeah seen I remember it, but that, everybody yeah. saw it. But they were like, uh, you know, how do you feel about Black History Month? And he goes, well, I don't think we should have a Black History Month. And he goes, Well, how are we going to stop racism? He's like, Stop talking about it. Is there a Jewish month? Is there a Latino month? You know, and he starts going into these things, and that's the thing. We got to stop talking about it. It's it's who is for that character who is the best celebrity you don't is, need it you you don't the, you, you don't need it the idris elbas the michael b jordans the you know the late great chad big bozeman you've got fantastic people that are that do their own you know what i mean you don't have to oh let's pull certain roles for certain no let yeah. the cream rise to the crop because i feel like and maybe i'm naive but i feel like talent wise it's it's as even as, as it's ever been. Everybody yeah. has a shot, and there's drink that, there's, drink that. There's this is a whiskey base. There's okay. black actors that I like better than certain. You know what I mean? It's just I don't know. I don't even think about it like that. It's, it's just, just anything, secure. anything that fucking Denzel's in. I'm fucking yes, in, except for this recent good. one, which was Macbeth. I tried to watch it. I was like, I'm the, fucking the tenth, over. yeah, or whatever. That Macbeth. It was like this thing on Apple, and uh, it was just this comp. This this is definitely more flavorful. This is moonshine. It's whiskey base. So, Scott, syrupy. What is it? Uh, it tastes a, like some fucking uh, like waffles. It's American as waffle pie. <laughs> apple pie. <laughs> apple pie. It does. Yeah, that is apple pie. Yeah. Yeah, that, I agree. This, this is uh, what Bob made. This is his apple well, pie. You know the the thing is like um, you know I don't know how we got on this topic, but what I would say is that uh. You know, I, I have my, my kids are, are mixed. They're 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 mixed with black and um I grew up in a very diverse uh city with you know, I, I played basketball. Um you know so most I. of my culture growing up was more black than it was even white. I'm white. Um I was taken in by a black fan. My my first uh my kid my daughter's mom, my firstborn her parents took me in when my dad went to jail uh, when I was uh, 17. And uh, they took me in. I lived with them. I still finished high school. They took care of me. Still love them to death for that. Uh, their their daughter's a piece of shit, but, you know, they're good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I get that. No, she's cool, too. She, I got, she got, I got her stepbrothers and sisters but, um, that I can't stand, so I get it. I, you know, in the 90s when I was growing up, I, you know, I grew up in very diverse neighborhoods and, racism didn't feel like a thing it it you know and even when like obama got fucking um elected elected that it felt like it was it was like okay yeah we're done with that shit and then social media is what re recreated racism it, it gave people a an anonymous place to uh say stupid shit that they may or may not believe yeah I don't even think when half people started saying shit they would do or, or leading I, I, into things, they would, I, they really I, believed it. I just felt like they felt like they could get away with it. And the wow factor was more important. And don't get me wrong. But it's so ridiculous right now. Like yeah. there's that one girl that's like a white girl from I don't know where. And she, she identifies as a Filipino fucking something. Yeah. I, I, I don't even. Just I, the term identifies as. I'm, when you say so-and-so, whatever. What the, did they do at the bar to say? Identifies as. I'm out. I'm checking out. I'm 100%. Done. I'm How did that guy. Else. We were listening to that band at the bar just now. We were in Venice. And he said, all the sexy <laughs> ladies out there. What did he say? It was. Because this is for all the sexy bitches out there. 
Regardless of your pronouns. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, he just did it. He force-filled it. He, he explained it himself. Genius. Genius. Yeah, fuck y'all bitches. Look, all y'all. <laughs> there's, yeah. there's, there's two sayings. One, everybody's heard. Joe Rogan talked about it, and he says, uh, hard times create yeah. hard men. Yeah. Hard men create easy, easy times. Easy times create easy men or easy times. And that's where we're at. Yeah, okay? yeah. That's number one. That's something based off the conversation. But just to like... Because we're there, there's no way of figuring it out. Yeah, for sure. And we're and not qualified to figure. Exactly, it. we're not yeah. qualified. And then one of my other favorite sayings are that is is the older you get, the better you were. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's that. You know, back in my day, you know, I used to fucking walk ten miles to school, and and I'd carry yeah. my friends and come back, and you know, like you, you know, know, it's crazy. It, it, crazy you say that. I feel like I feel like our generation. We don't really have that mentality because I feel like we never think about our best days as behind us. We always think about our best days are in we're, front of us. We're, we're, we, we fall in. I still think I'm going to get a six pack before I die. Bro, you could. Uh, maybe. You totally fucking could. You could <laughs> be mean, one of those maybe. 50 year old men. I'm hoping like, science. Bro. Dude, I swear to you, I started working out like five, six years ago. Yeah. Tops. And I, I swear to you. Within the last 24 months is the first time I've taken this shit serious. Okay. Like, I've never gone to a gym by myself. Mm-hmm. Now I go to the gym by myself. And this is new to me. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I used to lifeguard when I was in my teens. In my 20s, it was drinking. In my 30s, it was drinking. And, and, and it, it, it's new. So you could totally have a fucking six-pack by Maybe. 50. Like, no joke. No, seriously. Like, yeah. no fucking If I could joke. finance that shit. Dude, Dude. <laughs> finance what? Eat less? No. Eat less yeah, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it really is a matter wrong. of nutrition at this point. No, it, yeah. I mean it's a nutrition and then putting in the work. Yeah, nutrition. Well, that's is the goal. I mean, it, right? uh, but it, no, the point is, I'm asking it, you. It, you're it, the cut it, one. It, it, it's it's not it's not far fetched. Like yeah. it, it's not because I'm telling you, like people they've known. Like I'm in the best shape of my life. Yeah. I will fuck up 27 year old me. Yeah, I, and 27 year old me was fucking violent and a drunk and. Beat up and crazy. That's I will fuck him up. Like he has no chance. That's why like, I think that our our generation doesn't look at us, our past selves, as better. I think that we're more. No, we're better now. Exactly. I think we're more. Um, like a fucking fine wine. Conditioned to to like look at our past as the stepping stones to who we're going to become, and even the future is going to be better than we are now. Right. One hundred percent. And. Um, I mean that. That's how I look at it. Look, I mean, I, I don't know who said it, but there was. I I, I want to say it's probably wrong, but I want to say it's Elon Musk. Mm. And Elon Musk goes, "Here's the thing. It's it's that we're getting better, and and we're almost like the best. Like like when we start to really get better is when we hit like that fifty mark. And when we get that fifty mark, that's like where we're not." angry we're not looking for fights with eagles fucking down now we start getting wiser and educating and 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 that bothered him if i remember correctly that bothered him because that's when we start dying yeah you know, that's, that's, that's the cruel life true. that's the cruel life true yeah. and this is where this is one thing i appreciated by the, by the about. time you have the wisdom and the success right your body starts your body starts failing, failing. it starts <laughs> failing and this is why he wants us to live longer yeah. And I love the f- way he described us living longer. And this is what he did. And this is my favorite shit. I never even talked about it, but it was my favorite shit in the whole world. He said, 
He goes, look, because everybody talks about a fountain of youth. Like, we need a fountain of youth. We need a fountain of youth. But that's so fucking far-fetched, right? A fountain of youth that you yeah. get in and you keep your youth. That sounds It's terrible. an entitlement, too. It's, like, an enti- it's an entitlement, yeah. right? Yeah, so the fat cunt that parks in the handicapped spot at Walmart as she's going with her 48 ounces of fucking <laughs> uh, Pepsi as she's walking in with... Right, her fucking fuck Pepsi, her. Coca-Cola, or Twinkies. Yeah, fuck her and a Coca-Cola and her fucking Twinkies. Get the yeah. fuck out of here. But the way he described it was, look... We all have a disease that we all share. Mm-hmm. That disease is aging. Okay? Mm-hmm. Aging is a disease. This is how he described it. So if we can find a medicine or if we can find something that stops the aging, like stops the AIDS or stops the cancer. So now he described it like a medical term. Then we can live. That would be the fountain of youth. Yeah. And that's where I was like, dude. That makes sense because before there was before still have, he, go ahead. There would still have to be the aspect of taking care of yourself as far as health and things like that. Of course, but you know, some of those fucking uh, those, those uh, get you get you out of you know those things that'll fuck you up before you're supposed to go. Cancer, AIDS, obviously. I think we've figured out. We figured out. Yeah, AIDS. AIDS is, yeah. We're pretty good. You know, magic figured it out for us. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, even like heart disease and you know ALS for some people and things like Cancer, that. Cancer. Yeah. There's so many other things. But uh, you know, my whole brand, my my the fast life. You know, it 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 sounds like some shit where you should be like saying it, where you have like gold and diamonds on your shit and, and a fucking piece and chain, right? But it's literally just like a, I guess it, I guess the the term would be a metaphor, where it's about like trying to just live as much life as you possibly can. Period. Like, you know, you, you're in your thirties, like maybe you got two weeks of vacation, like go do something. Like don't go live your life. Don't waste that shit. Like, at all. you know, going to, you know, don't do it. Just, just don't fucking do a do. fucking staycation. Yeah. If you live in Dallas, don't take your old lady and your kid to Arlington. <laughs> don't go to a fucking wet no, wild, no. like the Rangers game. I, I, I get it. Like 15 miles from home. Eddie Murphy fucked me up. When he was filming Coming to America Part 2, mm-hmm. he did a social media post. And it's interesting because a lot of people didn't see it. Because when I bring it up, people are like, I didn't see that. But but he said something so fucking interesting. And he's like, I'm paraphrasing. But he yeah. was like, let's say you live 100 years. Let's say you're blessed to live 100 years. Mm-hmm. That's 100 summers, 100 springs, 100 falls, 100 winters. Okay. The first ones don't really count because you're a fucking kid and you yeah. can't do what you want to do. And the last ones don't count because you're kind of old and you don't can't do what you want to do. Yeah. So that leaves about 40 summers. Okay? Mm-hmm. Most of you listening have probably already lived 10 to 20 of those summers. So that 100%. gives you 20 summers to enjoy your life, to to. To take advantage and use your body and to the fullest, go to the beach, go to the fucking yeah. pool, whatever. Like ride your fucking bikes for thirty days, whatever the fuck. Do it yeah. and do it now. Do not wait. Mm-hmm. On a separate note, I read an article, and that article said that uh, it was people on their deathbeds and what they regretted. Number one was not telling the people around them they love them. That was number one. They didn't say it enough. I love you, I love you, I love you. Number two was they didn't quit their job on time. 
you know, 20, 30, 40 years went by and they didn't quit their fucking job. And that was their biggest regret as they're laying in their deathbed, you know? So th- what Jace is trying to say is enjoy your fucking life. Yeah. Enjoy your fucking life. And, and we don't do that. We, we think we're locked in on, on like on a matrix level and, and we're not exploring. I grew up in a lot of like very strange situations with my uh, wild ass mother and uh, her choices of boyfriends growing up. But my idea of bikers growing up were always these like unapproachable looking guys, beards, some bike. I couldn't even tell you what it looked like today, but I'm sure it was something rad that I'd fucking pay a lot of money for now. Um, and they never had much, but they always had something. You know what I mean? They always, I mean, at, at the end of the day, I mean, if you, if you're going to measure your life with like, uh, you know, your house, your family, things like that, like those are all fucking great things. And if you have it, cool, you know, but as a consolation but prize, it, it, I mean, as but a consolation it. prize for like, let's just say that you fucking go all out selfish. Uh, and I'm, I'm team selfish over here. So don't, don't get me wrong. Um, Having a bike and being an old beard, still riding your bike, and probably finger banging some chick in the in the Missoula, Montana, on a, in the summer, yeah, pretty fucking cool life. Still, <laughs> sounds fucking awesome. That to sounds me. fucking awesome. But I, I, there's I, probably a couple of days it's gonna suck, but you know, there's another town, there's another hoe. <laughs> we talked about it earlier, and just the the whole societies, you know, the the way the world looks at quote unquote bikers. Uh, and unfortunately, I think it's you either got they either look at us as the Del Fuegos, or if you're a little bit younger, they look at you as uh, you're a Sons of Anarchy super fan kind of right, thing. Right, right. Even though there's guys that, like I said, we wear vans, hoodies. We're not in the club life. We're not. We don't. We don't show up to bars looking tough, trying to intimidate uh, people. No, yeah. dude, we're friends. We're we. Brotherhood, happy. brotherhood. Yeah, the, yeah. The bike is just the thing that connects us all and gets us there. And it's what you guys have in common. Yeah, it's, yeah. Fucking, it's what moves us internally. I mean, and that's, but unfortunately, the, the world is still stuck in a. As far as when it comes to, like I said, we, we the perception, the, the yeah. perception of bikers, and I'm doing the the finger quotes. Yeah, it seems like we're one of two things. This guy's done a podcast or two, huh? Oh, he's been on a bunch well, of yeah. them. Yeah, <laughs> I'm kidding. You can't, like I said, if you, if you don't wear a young a leather cut, or I don't, and I, I wouldn't trade it for the fucking world. I love meeting girls. We're like, oh, you ride Harleys? Yeah. Oh, so you're we're leather and chaps? No, sweetheart, we're this. And then all of a sudden they see it and they're like, oh fuck, dude, I didn't know bikers could be like that. I love meeting the younger guys that all of a sudden that do they want to go in club? Club world, they don't know. They yeah. know they like motorcycles, and they see this, and I'm like, the fucking, the light bulb. Not only goes off, but the bulb gets so hot, it just explodes over their head, and this is it. The performance scene, we've got a, the, and I say that again with finger quotes, performance scene. Right. Whatever the fuck, dude, this, we've got a tribe nationwide of 100%. this, the guys that, no, no, uh, no hard feelings towards the club, guys, just not necessarily our thing. Yeah, I think that the and, club world, and, and I've done podcasts with, uh, people, not necessarily club people, but more club centric podcast people. And we've talked about how, you know, um, the clubs like they, they still, they're, they're still going to always, especially here in SoCal, like the rest of the country is kind of a hard bargain, but here in SoCal, like it's so ingrained in the motorcycle history community yeah. that 
a club is always an option for a lot of people here. And to be honest with you, that that club or those clubs here are going to be more like you're, you're joining more of a, a heritage or whatnot. But if anything, I think most of our generation now is like, man, like we want to fucking have a little bit of our own ownership. Like I would, you know, like, yeah, like, cool. I'm glad you started your club in the, in the forties. And it's, it's amazing. It's keeping going, but it has nothing to do with me. It has nothing to do with my lifestyle, yeah. nothing to do with what I want out of motorcycles. And, and you guys got beefs over shit that has nothing to do with me. And I don't care to fucking, uh, inherit your problems because I want to ride bikes. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And all so these rules and restrictions and a year waiting period, a year of eating no, shit. And yeah. just eating shit and being a prospect and all that you stuff. You can show up to a bike night and within a couple of weeks of being cool and people, oh, yeah, recognizing your face, all of a sudden you're going yeah. on rides. The problem is see, we're, we're unique in Texas because our bike night was um, or is a place where you know, you could show up and, and you know, if, as long as you're not fucking weird as fuck, like, you know, yeah, if you want to come tag along and be a part of this and just show the fuck up, right? It was an easy thing. Yeah, you're not here, forced or manipulated. It's hard here, man. There's there's so many. It's such a, so spread out, man. It's so spread out. And if you were to have a weekly bike night right here where you're at here, what, Studio City is that area? Yeah. If you're going to have a weekly bike night every Tuesday, for one, you also have to be the guy that's there every Tuesday as much as you can be. But, I mean, you got all the way to Ventura, to fucking, you know, Orange County or even further that might want to be. San Francisco, fucking uh, Valencia, Monterey, Carmel, Modesto, Fresno. You got so many. They're not going to want to come down. Bakersfield. They'll do it once or twice, but for people to commit down here. People are fucking flaky, man. Yeah, it's 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 it, it's it's funny because I don't want to say my blood boils when you say it, but there's times that you're like, you know, oh, the Right Boundless podcast and Robert Valderrama is in is in Los Angeles, and there's so many actors, and there's so many this, and there's something, dude. I I have to annoy the fuck out of people. I have to blow up people. Like just getting people on the podcast is a job. Oh, trust me, I'm right here, and it's a job. It's a job. It's a job. But you would think they're laydowns in L.A. They're not fucking laydowns. Yeah. Everybody's pink. I had a laydown podcast today that I didn't even want to fucking do. And I was like, all right, I'll do it. Cool. 5 p.m. He's like, yeah, let's do 5 p.m. So at 2 p.m., I'm like, hey, we good? Oh, man, I got this deal. We're we're, we're shooting some shit for Harley. Uh, It it might be a little bit later. So he finally hits me back at 7 p.m. I was like, dude, I'm fucking over it, dude. Like, I wasn't even... Planning on doing a podcast with you. This is kind of like more of a sympathy thing, if you will. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah, I'm fuck like, that dude. I, I'm just fuck like, dude, that dude. <laughs> I don't know. The, the hardest part. I mean, yeah, you're from you're LA. not saying that. I'm saying that. Fuck that dude. As an LA resident, fuck you, because that's the <laughs> typical shit that happens. Yeah, it's just fucking so. It's just so ridiculous. I got, I got a girl. I'm not gonna say her name because I'm like working on it right now to get her on the podcast. But she's fucking badass. She's funny. She's hilarious. She's sexy. Street bike stunts. Does this. Does that. But dude, it's it's been like three months, and it's like yeah, 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 yeah. yeah Friday, Friday, Friday. This this is the capital of yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, t- what, tonight? Yeah, 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 yeah. And even to the last minute, like, are, are you coming? Yes. It's in five minutes. Yes, 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 yes. And then you call, and 
then you call again and then you like help the fuck dude like you just yeah. told me you were on your way five minutes ago and they go mia this is the wow. capital and la is difficult I'm, I'm not i'm not gonna say it's not like because you get a job here you get a job here you get a job here but that fucking traffic yeah. becomes devastating and, and it's it's a hard city to commit to it's not just the people it's just it's it's a hard lifestyle but it's not laydowns. It's yeah. not like I want an actor today. <laughs> hey, let's grab you. Yeah. It, it ain't yeah. that. Yeah, it ain't that. You know, people ain't committed like that. Like, yeah, shit I, I get it. I, I can see how it's hard because also like there's a lot of like flyby opportunities that seems to happen to people out here. If you have something going on, dude, random. It's a dealership wants to fuck with you, or Harley Proper, or. You have some kind of fucking deals with some of the studios out here. Um, you, there's always something, and it's like it never fails. And and obviously, I'm I'm here on Born Free Week, right? And so, a oh, lot I forgot of, that's happening. A lot of things are happening this week. A lot of people are coming to town. Um, try this. You, you have to try. Hit, I gotta hit the head. Here, I'm gonna give you the keys. You'll be good. Yeah. Uh, silver key for the office. This is. For the office, and this is for one one hundred two. Yeah, so uh, you know, like coming out here when I when I I started reaching out to people, and um, of course, everything's gone to shit from my original plans with the people I had. You know, I, I'm on the road trip, right? So my goal well, is first to, of all, but, but uh, keep yeah. keep that thought. You rode your motorcycle, mm -hmm. brought one of your best friends, mm -hmm. and traveled. All the way to California. So, and I'm sure you have made contact. We did yeah. with people and appointments with people. Riding a motorcycle from Texas is not an hour or two yeah, hours. Sure. It's it, it's a fucking journey. You're stopping at hotels. You're resting. Whatever the case is. So you went completely out of your way for so far a 21 journey. Mm -hmm. Now, what are you facing with that? The hardest part with it is, um, like I said, like to to be fair, a lot of a lot of brands that we talk to, or we're trying to talk to that our audience wants to hear from, they're they're running a business. So I get it. I'm here on a Monday. I have an op opportunity to do a podcast with you at nine a.m. to twelve p.m. If you can't do that, then now I'm this is off the table because I have a two p.m. that is available, and we've already scheduled that. And then, you know, and I understand how hard it could be for them because they might have a business. And if they're not understanding, you know, like what this podcast could be for them, you know what yeah. I mean? And I don't ever know. Like I've had people benefit so much from the podcast and I've had people that should have benefited the world that didn't. Right. And so it's kind of a it's pissing in the wind it's essentially. Right. Right. Um, but when you're on the road, you know, like I'm here, I'm I'm. You know, like I did a podcast in Hollywood today and this other guy, which I'm, I don't want to talk bad about the dude, but maybe if he ever hear, hears this, understand, like I finished that podcast at 2 p.m. I told you I was free at 2 p.m. on I'd be there at three wherever in L.A. County. And um, then you respond with I'll be free at five. And I'm just like, I'm not going to fucking just twirl my thumbs and stub them up, shove them up my ass. For the next three hours sitting at a fucking hot dog stand till you're free. I don't next. need that. Next, yeah. Yeah, I'll go to the next one or I'll just go take a break for the day. And so that's what we did. We went back to the house. Um, I ordered some clippers. 
uh, through Amazon. They showed up at the house today. I shaved my head. Finally, I was fucking had a bush going on my head. And they were like, you know what? Let's go to the fucking bar tonight. I'm fucking, we've been doing a podcast every day for the last six days, seven days. Uh, let's just go see what Venice is like. And we're sitting in Venice. We're having some fucking whiskey. Uh, you hit me back. I'm like, I wanted to do it, but I had to, you know, convince the homeboy. Yeah, He's yeah, like, yeah. Hey, dude, let's go do this, this podcast. And dude, when we left the spot, we tabbed out, we're rolling through Venice. We jump on the fucking 10, hit on the, hit on the 405. We're going through it. And trust me, we're a little buzz. So we're fucking, we're, we're, we're leaning into it. I'm like, part of me is like, I've done this before. I've, I've been coming to LA. I've been doing this shit for a while. But for me, I'm like, this is first time. I'm like, yeah. I wonder how he feels. Like, oh, fuck. Wild, man. We're r- ripping through the fucking canyon right now. We're going to fucking over here. It's the middle of the night. We're going to go do a podcast with the homies and then fucking. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's, we're in L.A., dude. It's, it's fucking, fucking random. Yeah. And he, he, he's from East Texas. Like, he grew up in the fucking country. And now he's sitting out here in L.A. doing podcasts. Cars and people and fucking yeah. hills and streets. No cops anywhere. <laughs> no cops anywhere. Dude, there's no fucking cops out here, dude. There's no cops. And then even we were, uh, we just. We just haul ass past them like fuck them. You Dude, know there's I mean? no cops anywhere. They're never. That's fucking I crazy. I've seen three in in the the time I've been down here. I've seen three cops and uh, three of them were in a row. When we were heading from Venice to Hollywood today, and uh, you know we just hauled ass past them. It was thirty five. We did like forty five past them. They didn't give a shit. You know what I mean? And uh, but anyway, back to the story. It was. It, it's just. It's hard being out here. Um, a podcast, right? A podcast is not a movie. It's not a TV show. It's not a YouTube series. It's it's something that people consume, and there's like this big secret world of podcasts, right? There's no the analytics aren't posted on a on a TV somewhere, right? So nobody really knows how big or small podcasts are. Um, it's really just the 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 what would what would you call it the uh, the audience knows because they listen to it. So it's like one of the few things that you listen to because you choose to, not because you feel like everybody does. Right. Yeah. You know, when you go to Spotify or, or, uh, Apple and you subscribe to a podcast, like it doesn't say 1.2 million people subscribe to this podcast. You know what I mean? It's, you know, I, I, I never thought about it, but you're right. There's no way of tracking it. Yeah. There's not no for, the, for us, we can track it with our analytics, but, for right, because we, uh, we can't see that, but 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 I've never looked at it at the other aspect uh, or the other point of view, like what's happening, how many. Like you're right, it's not it's not YouTube, where you're like, fuck, dude. Oh, that that podcast got four thousand views, yeah, forty thousand or whatever, you know. And wait, so wait, you you started doing live streaming, right? Yeah, we started doing the live stream. And, how, uh, how long ago? What episode and and what benefits did you see from it? So we start. We we finally. I bought the stuff to start doing video and quick, you know, I, I have a paint and body okay, shop. R- r- real quick. Actually, that's even fucking great. I know this is weird, but for certain listeners, how would you um, introduce yourself? Mm-hmm. What do you do? How many podcasts do you have? I know we talked about that, mm-hmm. but how many podcasts do you do? Have have you done and how many? When did you start video, and okay. then when did you live stream? So we started. So I'm I'm a custom painter by trade. I've in my world or my terms, I've built a few bikes in my day. Uh, I've been in the motorcycle industry for 18 years. Uh, 2004 will be 20. Um, 
I started the Fast Life podcast in 2018. Uh, we started doing uh, just podcasts, just sitting in the garage, talking shit, you know, being ignorant as fuck. Um, 20, I would say 2019, I borrowed the equipment to start doing the live stream and start doing the video. Uh, and in 2019? Yeah, in 2019. Yeah. And then it was at the end of 2019, so like September. And Do you then, want weed or something? You're good? Yeah. Just making sure. So we... Uh, I just smoked some. <laughs> I, I smelled it, and I was like, dude, I got a lot of weed here, yeah, bro. Like, appreciate you. Yeah, yeah. So 2019, we uh, we bought all the equipment. We we bought the streaming platform. I bought this actual soundboard in 2019. The Roadcaster. And, uh, and Roadcaster, was, it was a nice uh, addition to the uh, to the uh, podcast family here. And Did then, you ever use the, uh, the audio shit? Uh, my brother... Originally, my brother was a help, and he used to fuck with it, but... Uh, not not as much as I should, you know what yeah, I mean. I never use it. Yeah, I don't either. I feel like it it's helpful here and there if you want some claps or some some shit like that. But <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, uh, at the end of 2019, I realized like, okay, I bought a live streaming takes a big computer. You have to have a very powerful computer to do that and to be able to keep up the live stream and things like that. So, I ordered this big badass Alienware computer. Um, took me like two years to pay it off through, uh, you know, financing it and shit like that. But in 2020, like, um, I realized like, okay, I want to do, or 2019 into 2019, I want to do this fucking podcast. I want to make it, I want the Joe Rogan experience. I want to create that. Right. I want people to feel like they have this like familiar place where they see these podcasts, even if they just hear them when they, when they our 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 studio is so synonymous with the podcast that even if you listen to it, you can see the background in your head. That was my idea, right? And so we built the studio, and 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 uh, you know we did. I I did it like, and I say I as in me and a handful of friends helped me build the studio. You know, I was there every day. My buddy Matt was there every day. Sax was there every day. And we built the studio, and um, then we had a, a huge like party, uh, kind of christening it, but the video wasn't ready. Like, once I finished the studio, the video, it just wasn't ready. Uh, I had to figure out some more things with the live streaming world to be able to bring the cameras in and, and make it uh, work. So it took another four months after we built the studio to um, get the live streaming to work, and then it took another couple of months to figure out which platform to stream to that was going to be the be most beneficial, whether it was YouTube or Facebook, right? YouTube will pay you. Facebook don't give you shit, right? So we ultimately, we it's ended kind up, of easier to share, yeah, right? Yeah. Facebook's really easy to get it out there to more people. Um, but Facebook audience, YouTube audiences, they're, they're both pieces of shit, to be honest with you. Um, because Fuck people, you, YouTube, yeah, both Fuck of you, Facebook, yeah. they're, they're just people that are, they're just sitting there. They're, their hands are like this as they watch you. They're ready to type. They're not ready to listen. They're not enjoying it. They're just like, there he went. He, he said it. You know what I mean? Fucking give him my piece, right? I don't give a fuck. I don't respond to comments. Yeah. I don't I don't put things on YouTube. You know, like, I'm not doing the typical thing. Like, hey, you know, like, comment, subscribe. Like, hey, fuck off. Listen and shut the fuck up. I don't give a shit about your opinions. I'm not. I didn't do this podcast so but that's that you funny could, because people do live streams so they can have that interaction. Yeah, but like, we do live streams so that people can be 
a fly on the wall in the studio right now. You know, and yeah, there's some people that like comment and their comment is applicable to this situation or they're one of the many people that we've become friends with through the camp outs or the parties and, and the writing that we've done to where like, oh, yeah, yeah, the, the homie Joey Borelli over there is like saying so-and-so. Fuck yeah, hell yeah, dude. Thanks for uh, listening. But ultimately, the live stream is allowing people into this right here, an intimate conversation where we're talking about what we're talking about. It's not about them. Yeah. And this may be a humbling thing for an audience, or a YouTube or a Facebook audience that they're not used to. It's like, I'm not doing a live stream so that you motherfuckers can be a part of it, as in, like, you're contributing to the content. I'm just giving you the opportunity to see it before anybody else does or yeah. hear it before anybody else yeah, does. Yeah, VIP access, yeah. which people pay for all the time. Exactly. So, Except they're getting it for free now. <laughs> 100%. And that's, you know, like uh, the, the the live thing, It's it. We, we just tried to make it as seamless and easy as possible so that there's no editing there's no heavy, you know, like I'm a one-man shop, uh, you know, from the paint side to the podcast side. Jaden, he's a he's a very frequent guest on the podcast, but he also is one of the best guys on the camera. He's one of the dudes that's back and forth. You're talking, I'm talking, he's got it done. And then Switching you bring something up. He's he's the best young Jamie I've ever had on the podcast. Straight that's up. fucking dope. He's bringing that's shit up. That's my dream. Yeah. I got potential for one guy that I'm going to talk on Thursday, but in the meantime, this is it. Yeah. This is it. It's hard as fuck. Building building that dream thing. And it's like the, the, the live is an experience. And I want people to, yeah, fuck, props to the man, Joe Rogan experience, because that's what it is. It's, it's an experience, experience yeah. to watch that podcast. And I want people to be able to watch a Fast Life podcast and it be an experience to them. And uh, one of the most humbling things is when, you know, you're, uh, you know, you're live streaming. And then you, once you finish the whole podcast, you get these tags on Instagram of people having watch parties. You know what I mean? Whether it's in their garage, in their house, their whole fucking, their, their wives and them are sitting there drinking beer. They ordered a pizza to watch the podcast night. Like it's a pay-per-view event. They're you know recording I mean? it on their phone. The podcast on whatever TV screen it is, whether it's the living room or in the garage, but they're recording it on their phone, them watching it, and yeah, hanging out. And like you said about the the live comments, yeah, it's not about the live comments at all. But at the same time, where his is at right now, when we do the live ones, they ha they're there, and there's guys that chime in all day and never get a mention. But every now and then, somebody has a funny line, somebody brings up something. And they are. I, I like to think they are just like a little salt and pepper on, on the yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because sometimes they can be the, oh, all of a sudden, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's the shit. But it, by no means, don't expect it, that you're going to comment and somebody's going to read it and we don't go through it and go, oh, well, let's let's check in with the comments now. No. Yeah. Every yeah. now and then it pops up, but it's organically. Yeah, that's and not the show. The show is yeah, not exactly. the comments or anything. When, you, yeah. when you're listening to, like when you're watching the live, it makes sense. But when you listen to the audio version of that, once you put it out, it's more distracting than it is, uh, you know, entertaining. Like when, when we start looking at the camera, they're like, Oh, so-and-so said this, like the listeners, like the fuck's going on right now. Yeah, what you the know fuck what I mean? is he looking at? And I, I just don't have the, uh, I don't have the ability or the time to go back and edit out those parts and things like that. So we, none of us do. We don't, like, like, you know we're, we're, we're doing so much as it, 
which is another topic right now. Like, how hard is it to do a podcast? Like, anybody can do three episodes, I think. Yeah. Like, anybody. Anybody can be like, oh, I'm going to do three episodes. I got a shitty mic. I got a shitty this. I gotta... But f- episode number four, like, how many... Fu- the, the um, what do they call it? The, the, the elephant uh, graveyard, mm-hmm. you know, is so big on podcasts. Oh, yeah. There's so many people that start podcasts and just fucking end it. And, and and everybody has like like I go to people and I'm like I have a podcast they're like oh I have a podcast I'm like how many episodes they're like two I'm like yeah. not the same like it's a, <laughs> like, you got yeah. a pilot like, mm, you get a pilot yeah, yeah. you got a pilot that's I, that's gonna be my response next time um, but how difficult is it because in our last conversation that and I was gonna I swear I was like I better listen to this episode just to remember some stuff yeah. but I'm just remembering it naturally because yeah. I didn't listen to it. But you have done a lot of traveling. You have done yeah. campouts. You have done. Uh, I think at the time you were using the what the Zoom Six. We were using the Zoom Six, and then since then, uh, obviously we've run the uh, the pod thing now. Um, what the, pod thing? The uh, that. Oh, so you, on on the road? Yeah. You take this on the road? Oh, oh, on no, the no, road? No, 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 no. no, no. Yeah, yeah. That's that's what I'm saying. I still have like, the Zoom Six. I have that in my bags right now. Yeah, because I because yeah. I, re- I remember that you were telling me that you did an episode and you were in Colorado or something and and you had just friends and you had your mics. So this trip that we're on right now, like me and him, are on the back end of it. Uh, the original trip in 2019 is a group of us. It's about seven of us or eight of us total. Um, that was the first trip we all did as a group. We did California, Born Free, things like that, and we rode from Texas, and we were sitting. By the river in Colorado, in Silt, Colorado. I, I swear. Yeah. I, I don't want to talk shit right now, but I swear I'm like three weeks in on Alpha Brain. <laughs> like, and, and I, I did not. And I was like, I remember this fucking yeah, Colorado. Yeah. I remember you having the conversation. But go ahead. And so it quality wise, like it's probably not the best listen as far as like audio quality. But as far as like getting the real in, in the moment, like and some of these guys now like uh that are on that podcast this is the first time the friends Cody were on the podcast and those guys are regulars on our show. Now they're, you know, the one, one of the other things that I would always suggest for anybody podcasting is, uh, once again, Joe Rogan has laid out the platform. If you cannot create characters out of your best friends to be on your show, to fill the gaps between the big guests. So Jaden, uh, my buddy friends, my buddy Big Will Cody, and our other buddy uh, Jive Ass Honky. You know, Kyle, we could call him, we could call Kyle. him Kyle, but Jive Ass Honky sounds way better. Um, when I have <laughs> these guys Kyle. on, yeah, fucking Kyle. Right? Yeah. When I have these guys on, uh, there's no skipping beats with our our listenership. They're like, oh fuck yeah, the homies are back on. This is gonna be a great podcast. It's just like when Rogan has on Bert, Ari, Tom Segura. It's like Shane Gillis, Shane Gillis, all these guys like they have. He's back with the homies like, you know, that's going to be a fucking good time. You're not going to get any facts, but you're going to laugh your ass off. You're going to drink some beers. You're going to have a good time. And that's that's the concept. So that podcast that you're talking about is like literally the first podcast that some of these guys were ever on. And uh, it was on the side of a river on the side of a fucking highway in Colorado talking about the first two days on a motorcycle trip in what now we've just crossed almost 40 something states in america together at the time we had just crossed four yeah we did that podcast that's the 
when when that when that one started, uh, Kyle and I weren't on that one. We we flew out to Born Free. We came to Born Free that year. We hung out in L.A., but we both had bikes down at the time, and we had to bail out of the actual trip, laying down all those miles. Well, since then we have caught up in every state that they crossed on that trip. We we recrossed on this one, and yeah, we're sitting at now thirty eight states as a group, eight dudes that have seen 38 states together and we yeah. want to get the next 10 and then God willing, the I, next I'm going to tell you, but that's since like 2018. Like that's, that's amazing. 19, well, 19. 2019. Yeah. But what's amazing is I, I think I had you on in 2020. Yeah. That's when we did that. Yeah. Fuck man. It's one of those things where it's, and, and, it's, and I'm going to, I'm going to, J- Jaden, I'm going to, I'm going I'm to interrupt you and tell yeah. you like number one, congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. Number two, like, that's the California thing. Like, yeah. uh, oh, we say that. Just so, to, so, like, there's, there's, even, there's a percentage of me that's like jealous of that. Yeah, that's beautiful. Like, people live this fucking life trying to create that, and and you and you guys did it. You it wasn't by design. It. I know. Yeah. Of course, it's ne- it's never by design. Uh, Jace, real quick, roll up the fucking thingamajigger. Which one? Did it? The chain. Fucks given. This is a smoking section now. Uh oh. Uh oh. Weed. Everything goes. I have two pounds here. Oh, shit. <laughs> this is. Uh, oh, we're, we're we're full effect now. Like you know, oh, yeah. it's 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 past twelve. Like, and I, and I don't even. What know. are you smoking, anyways? You went out and you smoked weed. Uh, yeah, just a joint. That was uh. He's from, our he's our Texas pothead from one of our buddies from Washington. That was. He lives in Washington, and I think he's good friends with the guy that owns a dispensary right across the border in Oregon. And he had these. So three, you haven't had California weed. Uh, oh, he's had plenty of California <laughs> weed. <laughs> yeah, we uh, the podcast actually we did earlier today. I was lucky enough to partake and have some. And you smoked weed with a Jew, dude. <laughs> <laughs> that was the funniest thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Shout out to Power Play, man. The, just the fucking best. Absolutely yeah. the best. Because I'm wearing two, two, oh, uh, two <laughs> articles of this person. Oh, my goodness. So this is, you know this reminds me of? The trap house we stayed at in, in Discovery Bay. The right boundless trap there house. Was, yeah, there was Smell a, that. Yeah, record him smelling that. Dude. No, no, open it up. This is like, <laughs> this is like some fucking blow shit. Like, yeah. you remember the movie Blow? This is Calicores, I remember. I came it. up here. I came up here with a bachelor of marijuana. I, I used to have a guy. <laughs> I, I with a doctor. I, I was. I was, I was running um, a dis, uh, a cultivation uh, in Huntington Park, and I was uh, selling weed to one of the guys from Blow that they based the movie on, from like the San Diego crew. Yeah. They they all knew those people. Like they all like this character, that character, that character. Like we dealt with them. Grab a note for. <laughs> no, no, go ahead, please. So that's why. I, that's why I brought it out. Like uh, that'd be rude. Otherwise, oh my goodness, dude, this is. Describe it. Speak into the mic. Oh, it's, it's you like forgot your podcast manners. I don't know what to tell you. It's uh, it's like if you were at Six Flags, and you were looking at the best part of every ride in the park combined at the same time, and. 
there was still some big boob chick like showing your boobs in the background. Like that's it. It's like the most beautiful, amazing thing I could have ever I could have ever seen. Like it's, it's just so awesome. beautiful. Like, yeah. There's greens, there are purples. Oh my god. You shook the bag. It's yeah, it's amazing. No, it's awesome, man. I mean that's that, that's smelling it. That's California, man. Is, that's California. Uh, he still runs the cultivation. Mm-hmm. And and this is the product they have, all licensed. Mm-hmm. You know, fucking for the video people, I I didn't wink. Um, <laughs> but they're, they're, they're every everybody's selling weed. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you something. There was a time where it was like a selective crowd that was selling weed, mm-hmm. but when my Korean friends, my university friends, my Jewish friends started getting into this, I'm like. What the fuck is going on? Like this yeah. is they're all this super is, smart people, yeah. They're 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 smart business people, but it's like you would never ever expect them to be in this industry. And now they're they're running licensed facilities and they're yeah. it's fucking insane, man. Like it's 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 the green rush. Yeah. It's the green rush. Even though now it's taking a shit. You know. Well it's it, I mean This used to be in a licensed facility. Yeah. Now this is going for like, like it, it it's fucking flooded, man. It's flooded. Look at his face. Well, still, he's <laughs> from Texas. It's so. still so good, man. <laughs> this is, bro. Oh. And, and that's another topic. <laughs> that's another topic. We'll do that off air. Yeah. But like, it's fucking insane because the the competition they're. The illegal market is still so big yeah. that so many people are growing that the competition is just ridiculous. And it, now that New York made it legal, yeah. it's not the same value. Uh, Chicago now has fucking licensed facilities, you know, like, so when you used to sell to the East Coast or to other states, you were like, oh, dude, I'm, I'm golden. Now it's like, no, they don't care. They don't even want to buy because they grow it their own. Yeah, yeah. And, and this is a point that Joe Rogan made. If you make drugs illegal, it doesn't stop anybody from doing it. it. It's just they get a shittier quality of it, you know, where if you make it legal, this is tested. This is, you know, what's in it. You know, it's being watched. You know what they put like, you, you, yeah. you know, the whole process of it. And and, and I, I really agree with that. Like Oregon, I think, legalized all street drugs. Yeah, uh, psychedelics and all. Yeah, I believe mushrooms. No, no all street drugs, yeah, yeah. Cocaine, cocaine, heroin, heroin yeah. all that shit. But I bet you, I haven't been there, but I bet you the quality is a lot better than anything else you can get in the United States. Everybody I ran into in Washington and NorCal bitched about Oregon having the cheapest. They're like, we just can't fuck with Oregon prices because it's just so much cheaper. And I smoked some weed in Oregon. It wasn't any worse than anything. It's just for whatever reason, I'm not a I'm not an economics major, but they uh it's it's cheap and it's good. Well if you think about it from the aspect of with businesses coming into it, they're putting more money to make a better product and the better product uh, you know, compiles and with interest and blah blah blah, the stepping ladder of it, you know, you're gonna you're, you're just, it, it's going to become, it, it's like, it's capitalism is all it is, right? It's, 
all right, we have an iPhone, but then Samsung comes out with something better, so then we're waiting on the iPhone shit, right? Yeah, yeah. And every year, like, the iPhone... The THC levels yeah. keep going up. The 10 was good enough, right? Fuck good 10. enough for the rest of our Fuck lives. 10, yeah. But now we're on 13 and a half and shit, and, you know, we're like, man, I can't wait till 14 comes out this year, right? <laughs> right. And so, same thing that's going to happen with this, and it's... Look, I'll, I'll, give, you, I'll give you an example. Mm-hmm. Back in the days when it was illegal, you had to call multiple friends. Hey, can you get weed? Oh, I got somebody. Oh, he didn't come through. I got some. I got somebody, and then the other friend got somebody, and then you had to meet somebody, and then you. Somebody's buying coke out. now. Like, 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 right? Yeah, coke is. Well, let me show you this. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding for the audio listeners. I'm just kidding. The video you, you see. Yeah. Ta-da! After the show, no. So, but. You used to get weed 20 years ago, 15 yeah. years ago, and that shit was covered in seeds and stems, and it would pop, and you'd be like, what the fuck am I smoking? You had no idea what you were getting. Now you can get quality shit, and you know exactly what they fucking put into it. Well, even if you knew if it was good, just what you were saying, you got to call a guy who may have to call a guy who may be hungover or whatever, who it may be his chicks. Who may birthday. have some he cops can't. on his ass because he's yeah. been fucking yeah. fingering might the underage. Show up. Who might show up. Where, yeah. yeah, just the, in the, oh my God, the amount of times where I've yelled at the, living in Texas, yelled at the, at the ceiling of my apartment going, why can't I just go to CVS and buy like a quarter right now on like a Sunday? <laughs> like, why? Why does this have to be so difficult? Dude, you guys, this is the promised land. It, it, it's a I problem. Mean, this whole this whole West Coast, but it's yeah. I, I, I'm gonna jump into a political thing right now, just because uh, mm-hmm. I just remembered it. But it was that wild card. All right, I was talking to a good buddy of mine this morning. We were drinking moonshine, dude. I've been drinking all day actually. Now that yeah, I think, good about job. It. Um, Adulting. Thank you. <laughs> um, but he said um, he said 2024, more than likely Trump's gonna run. Mm-hmm. But the new runner-up is uh, Dasani, Santos. The Santos. That's who I'm the, going the, for. The the, the the fucking guy. Yeah, Florida. That's that's that. <laughs> yeah, Daddy. That's DeSantos. moonshine right there. That's wee. Thank you, Bob. That, that was not the apple pie stuff. <laughs> not at all. So Santos is, is going to be running. Yeah. The wild card. The wild card the Democrats have. I was told this morning, and I was blown away. You know who it is? I got a few on my tongue, Sarah but I want to. I don't want to fucking Boyd put Beto. No, fuck Beto. No, fuck that. If it's not, is it Tulsi Gabbard? Mm-mm. Okay, who? Mm-mm. I don't know. So, Matthew McConaughey? Not at all. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Yeah. The wild card that I heard that might be running for for the Democratic Party. In 2024. The Rock Johnson. Legit. Legit will fuck up everything. Michelle Obama. Fuck. Michelle Obama. Same status quo. Because Biden, there's no way Biden's going to get a second term. We we don't even know if he'll survive this term. He almost died on a bicycle. He almost (laughs) died just waking up today. Let's get the facts right. So there's no way he's going to run it. Then Trump, it's like all right, and then the this uh, the Sanos, not the 
They call him Daddy DeSantos. DeSantos. Daddy yeah. DeSantos. Is there a rule against that? <laughs> There's no run? rules. There's no rules for this. So, shit. no. Uh, to if I can chime in on that, please. Um, Michelle Obama. Michelle Obama. She. I mean, articulate. She definitely. Uh, she. She fit all the cards of of a wild card. Of a wild card, but also like uh, she kind of bring that Obama flavor, that Obama class, if 100%. you will. One hundred percent. But at the same time, we all know we're going to get the same status quo that was Obama. One hundred percent. It is. Uh, uh, and she's a powerful woman, so she's she she's, she's going to have the Obama agenda, but mm-hmm. she's going to have her own flavor that she's yeah. going to like do things with. Yeah, unfortunately, though, wild like card. if that if they actually do it, she'll fucking win. Or she, she'll, yeah, she'll it's probably scary. Win. It'll, but, it'll but go down. To, it'll go down. To but her, how fucking scary is that wild because, card? Like nobody's ever thought of that. Well, because that's how fucking stupid our country is. That's not necessarily. A dig I don't her, think. I think it's. Her, but it's just a fake. It's a popular. It, it's turned into a popularity contest. I was joking when I said Dwayne the Rock Johnson, but honestly, you give I'd that rather. guy four, eight more years, and I'd if rather. he runs, would you rather? Dude, I would rather. Yeah, I, I got mad at him, man. Our whole when, fucking when he backed up Biden. I was like, dude, shut the fuck up, bro. Well, your movies are bad, but they're entertaining because you're cool. You got to now hope you're that. gonna fucking take a side. Like speaking I don't know, of movies, bro. go watch Idiocracy. That is literally it's gonna be a prequel to what our country is turning into, and that's why she will win. That's why The Rock will win, and that's why. Ultimately, we're going to have a president. If you've seen the movie, you, you've got your lighter up right now. We will have a president with an M16 shooting inside the Capitol building during his... Uh, inauguration. Uh, yeah, inauguration speech, because that's where we're heading. We're a fucking nation of idiots. And I, I'm i sorry, I don't see the curve. Dude, uh, hanging out way. here, we're like watching people pull dumb. their masks down to eat and then put it back on. It's, I, it's I feel, hard. It's, it's sad, right? But at the same time... Um, you know, to to kind of throw a little bit of shade at the Republican Party, uh, I don't, I don't think that like uh, I think that the uh, the sports team mentality with politics is not a, really a great idea. Um, as much as Trump may or may not have done a great job, I, I'm not versed enough in the politics to say either or. And I'm sure somebody would say yes, and another person would say no. Right? Unfortunately, uh, I I think. Uh, this whole idea of like people got behind a team right in the, in the country and it became like this flag and that flag it was you know Trump 2020 or Trump 2024 and then it was like fuck Joe Biden and that was the president us versus them yeah it's just it's just not does it do it's any not, good, um, any good it's probably fun for people because it gives them purpose in life that they might not have had because Maybe the the most inciting thing in their life is the fact that, you know, summer's coming and they might get to go to the fucking the lake or some shit like that. Like, I don't know what people's life is like, but <laughs> I if you have shit going on, like, you don't give a fuck. But people don't have shit going on. You know? On. Um, I'll, I'll give you a quick example of people not having shit going on. Uh, there was a study that 75% of Americans have never been to the ocean or a beach. Oh, for sure. For okay. sure, yeah. Because uh, Democrats was, run the beach. Oh <laughs> snap! We don't want none of that in our water in our food supply. Sixty-five percent <laughs> of people living in East LA have never been to the beach. Wow! Think about that. Like yeah. that's how fucking like when you're talking about democratic uh, systems not working here very well. It, 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 <laughs> it never has. It never has. Does the bus line go to the beach? 
they st- I think they, I think there's a they they built a new metro which costs billions of dollars and I think there's the red line goes I believe it's the red line that goes to the beach. It's there's new. so much beach. It's brand new. Yeah, yeah. There's so much beach, but it's still it's not the point. I don't care. I don't care where you live yeah, in LA. You're not 45 minutes away from the beach driving. You know, like that makes no fucking sense. And LA is not like a place. I mean, I understand you have mass transit here, but. You know, you can live in New York City and not have a car. It's, it's accepted. But L.A. is, you know, having some kind of form of. Do you know why that is? Mm. Do you know why that is? No, but it makes me sad. Like, if there's literally <laughs> it people. Makes me, live, it makes me sad. If there's people that live in, live in East L.A. that have never been to the beach, like, that makes oh, me one, sad. Oh, 100%, bro. Like, East L.A. is fucking insane. I saw it three times a day. <laughs> yeah. No, no. It, 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 it's fucking I'm from insane. Texas. Yeah. So. But but the, how many people in Texas have never seen? Well, you guys have Corpus Christi and all that other fucking. Yeah, area. I'm not as sad as some fat but, fuck from Wisconsin hasn't seen the beach. I mean, that's on you to fucking go do it. But if you're if you're you live in Los Angeles, any part of it, dude, you're close enough where that's that's kind of like your. I, hub. I like used you to, to I yourself. used to live in Santa Cruz, okay, and in Santa Cruz, Santa Cruz is on the coast, right? It's on the fucking beach. Uh, Underneath Santa Cruz, I also lived in that town. It was called Watsonville. Watsonville is uh is, is where they do a lot of produce. Okay, Castroville, they do a lot of produce. Yeah. They, I, I think it's like fifty percent of the United States' produce comes from from there. I've met people from there that have never been to San Francisco. And San Francisco is only ninety miles away. Mm-hmm. Like like that's a fucking real thing. LA, the reason that public transportation sucks so much in LA, which when you really look at it, you're like, okay, that makes sense, is Los Angeles became popular within the last 100 years mm-hmm. after the invention of the car. So when they when L.A. started becoming popular, they started making roads for cars. And they're like, okay, cars have to drive here. Cars have to drive there. This is why our streets are wider. This is why our freeways are wider. This is why fucking, you know, because it was... L.A., black and white, L.A. was built around the car. New York was built before the car. This is why streets are narrower. This is why buildings are higher. And this is why the same thing for Europe, Italy, all these places. When you don't have cars, when you build a city before cars, you want to build things higher to create more shade. You want to build them more narrow for more shade and cooler fucking weather. And that's how you build it. But that that's the main reason. So this is why till... I don't know, 20 years ago, if you wanted to go across the street, you would drive across the street, you know, because it, it just made the most sense, you know, and that that's that's the biggest reason. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah 100%. Yeah, yeah I, I was reading a case study on that. I, like, yeah, again, I'm fucking giving my own little twist to it, but that was the reason. Uh, dude, as somebody that's ridden through New York and, and, and rode up there, um and I've always said that, like, uh, L.A. and New York are the two most, uh, like, when you ride in those cities, like, you're plugged into, like, the matrix, if you will. Like, you just plug into this uh, this energy that, you know, you just don't get it anywhere else in the country. You know, um, tonight, you know, when you went to the bathroom, we were talking about, like, dude, we fucking left Venice Beach. We're running through 405 and doing this. It's like you're plugged in. It's like we leave here, we'll probably take – uh, with the five over here and we'll kind of probably see the Hollywood sign and we'll jump on the 10 and it's just, it's energy. And it, when it, you're, it's a different experience when it's you're in energy. New York, it's the same thing when you're in New York and you're running around on a bike 
and you see those lights in the city and the in the and the you know, city never sleeps. It's energy, and you, you're plugged in. Like you, you forget. Oh fuck! We were in New York this time last year. Uh, we went to the comedy uh, cellar. Is that where it was? The cellar? Uh, no. Oh, I, I want to say it was a cellar. It was like or no, it was uh, it was one of the 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 comedy stand. Was it the stand? It, it might have been, been the stand. stand. Yeah, it yeah. Was one of the more newer ones that's kind of pop, up and popping. Yeah. But today, speaking of days, three years ago today, we were in Venice when Matt was on the trip. Yeah. The one where Kyle and I flew out. That was three years ago today. We yeah. were walking up and down the boardwalk and all that good stuff. And so I, that, I, I heard, I heard, I'm going to interrupt real quick. I'm sorry. But at the comedy stand, I was in New York. I just flew in from Dubai and we had a stop in New York. Dean was there, mm-hmm. saw Dean, and there was this chick comedian. And I don't really care for chick comedians. Like, that's just the yeah, fact of the matter. Fuck them, hoes, like, right? fuck them hoes. They don't know. Even though I just had a chick, I had a yeah. Jewish chick comedian on the podcast not too long ago. She was awesome. Um, but there was this one chick at the stand that was so fucking hilarious. She's like, um, so I had diarrhea, right? Yeah. But I was hungry. So I went to Chipotle. And the manager approached me and she says, hey, 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 you can't come in here with your own diarrhea. Like, <laughs> bro, it, the delivery, and then she kept going. It was so fucking great. But anyways, yeah, well, New York, writing, energy. You know, all those cities, are, I mean, just like here in L.A., like you have like all these different, uh, I guess they wouldn't be called boroughs here, but you have these like towns, like you have the Venice, you have uh, the Hollywood scene, you got the, you know, you got. Beverly Hills and Hollywood and Melrose, Melrose, just LA and, and fucking you know, yeah, tons Long and t- like so much, right? Well, you have that in New York too, but you have it in like blocks, like five blocks here, three blocks there, and um, it's energy, man. Like you know, walking through the city, jumping on the subway, oh, it's it's surreal, man. And for coming from somebody from Texas, Dallas, you know, we we have a big city vibe, like Dallas. You know, people's perception of Texas, like we're all a whole bunch of rednecks and, you know, wear cowboy hats, listen to country music. And I, I'll be the first to tell you that I probably would have been a blood or a crip before I was ever a cowboy, straight up. You know what I mean? But cowboys are fucking gangsters. Too. Nowadays, cowboys they weren't back in the day. No, but some of them but are. That, that, but you think they weren't, but they're fucking gangsters, dude. Like, you know, James Dean was going to, okay, so I, I told you there's Santa Cruz and the yeah. Central Coast. Underneath Santa Cruz is Watsonville. Mm-hmm. Underneath Watsonville, there's Salinas. And under Salinas is Monterey. In Salinas, they have a Rodeo, okay? And and there's fucking cowboys in Rodeo. James Dean, when he had his car accident, was going to Salinas, mm-hmm. to the Rodeo. And these fucking dudes are fucking, like, they're gangster. Oh, dude, but they don't get the credit because they're cowboys. Yeah. But like, you don't get more fucking gangster than a fucking cowboy. Yeah, no, I've I've partied with like real deal cowboys before, and they're yeah, dude, they're just as insane. The stuff they do, they're just as wild. <laughs> as far as partying, chicks, you name it, they are like drinking. I don't part. Yeah, I don't even give the show like Yellowstone credit. Like, oh, it's like I haven't seen Yellowstone. Like the. Yellowstone is based off those guys, not the other way around. Like, cowboys are real deals. You know, the realer they get. And 
That's, but I think that's just a geography thing. Like yeah. They're the, they're the I, same I, thing I, I asked this question actually on the last episode, but I'm going to ask you guys real quick. What's the difference between a redneck and a hillbilly? Uh, and I was pretty impressed how they answered it on the last episode. Fuck, you're asking a city boy that. I'll take, I, w- I would go ahead and say I got love for both. <laughs> um, so I would think redneck is, redneck is probably a little bit more blue collar, works outside. He has a redneck. It's not necessarily a derogatory term. He's uh, It's usually a hardworking guy, the kind of guy that would give you the, the shirt off his back. Redneck. Where I'm from, kind of thing. It's it's almost like an endearing term. It's not a it's not a slur or anything like that. Or uh, hillbilly. Anyway. I use it a little bit more as funny, uh, but I, again, I'm not from the hills. So there's dudes from Tennessee, Kentucky that they're. If I was to start saying it, they would probably take big exception to it because I think that it, that means uh, a totally different thing. Mm-hmm. Kind of a little bit more east, maybe a little bit more more north than where we're from. But as far as redneck. I don't know. It's almost to like ride a, a passage. Almost, yeah. It's almost like a biker thing. Like, yeah, you're you're a fucking redneck. That means you you fucking raise hell, praise Dale a little bit, and you get your hands dirty and one hundred percent. It's not a bad so. Thing. So here's why the question came up. The question came up is because I started getting into uh, Ozark. Yeah, and there was uh, on on season one. It's a question on that. Yeah, there was, on season one. Uh, there was the. What we came off to be the hillbillies, and they ended up killing a redneck. And then they they quoted, uh, "When God made the earth, He said, don't touch the apple.'" The redneck said, "Well, how the fuck are we not going to touch the apple? God made this. Let's fucking eat this thing and ate it and created the sin." The hillbilly was like, "Rednecks have no patience." So that's that's how it that's how it interests me. On my last episode. I was talking to Bob and Joe, uh, and I asked Dude, them. Are we warned with hillbillies now? No, no. no. So, yeah. So, so on the last episode, I was talking to, to Bob and Joe, and I said, what's the difference between hillbillies and, and rednecks, on your opinion? Very simple explanation. Hillbillies come from the hills. They have their own laws, and they have their own following. Rednecks are hardworking people on the fields getting their fucking redneck horses, training, farming, doing all that other stuff. And I was like, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. You know, so that's why I wanted to pick your guys' brain on that. I wish I was more versed in the, uh, in that world, but we all do. We all yeah. do. But bro, they, they, they fucking exist. You know, they, they exist and they, they still exist. Not as, as crazy as it is now. Yeah. But that's a real thing. Well, with TV, with like, you know, things like Ozark and even Yellowstone, you know, it, it uh, you know, I, when I first heard about Yellowstone a couple of years ago, someone told me, it's like, you should check it out. It's, uh, it's Sons of Anarchy for Cowboys. Yeah. Right. I'm like, and that's exactly what it is. It's, it's a, it's a group of individuals that, that start off slow, but by the end of the next four seasons, they'll all be mass murderers, you know, getting away with it like it ain't nothing right fucking crazy. um but i mean I, I don't know i think that as 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 our world gets bigger like the more people every year the population yeah we're all looking for some kind of small like tribe some small smaller version of something to belong to you know what i mean 
it, it gives you a little bit more power. It gives you a little bit more sense of community. And, um, you know, for some of us, motorcycles are that. Some people it is a broader demographic, like I'm a redneck and, you know, they have their Trump flags and shit. It's, which, another, it's another way to divide us. Yeah. It's another way to it's, divide it's, us. It's, and it's, it's a way to divide, but it's also, it's a self, most people are dividing themselves. They're not, it's not like something that. It's a tribalism. It's not fucking Hunger Games where they got, they got, you know, chopped up into districts. Like people are choosing like where they want to be and where they want to lay their head. And it's, and there's nothing wrong with it, but most of us, most people don't, you know, like you said, there's, you know, people live in East LA. That's never seen the, 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 the ocean. Uh, people choose not to do things. They choose to focus on certain aspects. They that don't are easier. choose it. it, it it's, it's, there, there's an expression that goes something along the lines that if you were raised the same way that person was raised, you would do the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. And there is people that just don't know anything outside of what they know. Like, like, like I did a, I did a course called landmark and landmark. One of the things that I got out of it was, you know, what you don't know of, like, you know, what you don't know. Like, I know I can't fly a plane. I know I can't fly a helicopter. Like, there's certain things you know you don't know, mm-hmm. but you don't know what you do not know. There's like a whole nother yeah. matrix of a fucking shit that's fucking you, you never even thought of. And and that's what happens with these people. These people are like, this is East LA. Well, I'm going to go to this school. I'm going to go to this college. I'm going to do this. I'm going to get a job locally. And that that's my life. Well, what about the concept of uh, of like the immigrants that would come over here? And then second generation, they look like wiggers. You know what I mean? So you got people but that, that. But that's, but that's, that's, a, that's when you, you get more I deeper. I say wiggers, like, I feel like I was a derogatory statement. That was super fucking. Yeah, offensive. I'm offended by yeah. that. I used to be that, I, We're all offended. Yeah. But that's, that's the bigger picture of government. The government, anybody born in the United States has limitations. Like, you should be an employee, should get this, well, and you should work for this person. So what happens is, is you get people coming from other countries that don't have that mentality, and they come here and they're like, "What? I can get a loan to start a business? What? I can well, have employees?" You know, that's and that's more first. I'm talking about the people that that uh, I'm talking. And when I say the people, I mean the thank you for coming here and and busting your house uh, and making America better. Um, the those first generation immigrants. They come in here and they bust their ass mm, and it's their saying. kids and their, their grandkids that are Americanized with culture, with, with rap culture or hip hop, hip hop or rock or what, what have you. I mean, some of the best music in the world has come from this, but also you get people who are so like removed from the struggle of what it is to have a piece of this American pie, right? You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. They grow up with a little bit of entitlement and you sprinkle in their grandparents had to go through some hard times. So you sprinkle that, you sprinkle a little bit of the current culture of yeah. being discriminated on top of entitlement when they were never really discriminated in against. And it just, I don't know, it breeds a bunch of But when you talk about music and the film industry or anything like that, most of those people are fucking very educated yeah, people. Yeah. Like like little Wayne went to university. Drake went to fucking like they're they're very smart. So they're figuring out like, okay, wait a minute. I can play this card, but if I present it this way, I can create a fucking 
yeah, following. Yeah. Like, like that's very intellectual. Yeah, in a sense, that's not like dumb luck. Like, like what you're saying. If I'm I talking was, about like more like not necessarily, uh, not necessarily black culture because they, no, no, no. We're talking about yeah. We're talking about everything. Yeah. Like for example, if we're gonna dumb that down, I'll give you an example. There is. Hispanic people, like people from Mexico, Guatemala, Argentina, whatever, they come into Mexico, they come into Texas. And there was a time where it was so racist that they teach their kids, do not speak Spanish, speak English. Mm -hmm. This is the, the, the language where you're going to make the most money. This is the language where you're going to be mostly accepted. This is, this is how you're going to live your life. And then you have these people that look Hispanic, are Hispanic, but they don't speak one word in Spanish. You're like, how the fuck do you not speak Spanish, Juan? Yeah, that's that's like, come on, Juan. I've, but I've dated a couple of those where I was like, what? what? Like yeah. what? But no, like, think about like, like, this. like even like, the white person like will be like, default? what? Yeah, like, no, entiendo. I'll give like, you. Come on. I'll give you another ignorant. Uh, Rebuttal to that is, you know, as and somebody, we've been drinking and smoking no, and like we're we're just. I'm pretty good. I I I, love, I, I wish somebody would cancel me. Um, <laughs> Nobody's gonna cancel us. Uh, but but what I would say is that uh, you know, as somebody from Texas, somebody that grew up in the auto body industry, I've yeah. worked with so many immigrants, uh, some great friends that I've seen go back and forth across the border before they really solidified their uh, citizenship. But I would say this is like. If you come to America and you want to, you know, be a player in the game, learning English is a part of it. If we want to go to France to be part of their game, we're not asking them to learn English. I I get that. I get that. They might do it to I, appease to the fact that we're one, tourists. 100%. But let me tell you something. One of my good friends, Seth Cash, he's he's a black gentleman. Mm -hmm. And he he told me... This is before motorcycles. This is when I was selling cars. Mm -hmm. He goes, Robert, you're one of the best car salesmen I've ever met. And I was like, you're pretty fucking good. Like, why are you telling me this? He's like, well, because you speak Spanish too. And I go, what do you mean? He goes, you have two markets. You have the American market and you have the Hispanic market. Mm -hmm. So even if I am at your level or even if I'm a little bit more advance of your level you beat me because you have two industries yeah the hispanic market is a huge buying power of houses oh, cars all that stuff so it doesn't have to be limited but to your point it was at a certain point where it's like hey if you don't speak fucking english you're not doing business here let me give you a caveat to that so as mexican americans or that migrate here they have the, that do decide to learn the English language. They have the benefit of being able to be that person to sell to their people with the language and stuff like that. You know, me growing up in America, like, why do I need, I, you know, I, I, if I want to play the game, if I want to sell to Mexicans, me, Mexicans, I say mess. Mexicanos, whatever. You know, if I want to do that, it's cool. But, you know, at the same time, um, the division that we have in this country is what creates the opportunity we have in this country. You know, if everything was like across the board, we all learned Spanish in high school and, or in elementary school, then what would be the advantage for anybody coming across the border that has, that, that learned English before they came here, that could 
the advantage, the and, and, and I will rebuttal mm-hmm. your rebuttal. The advantage is, is this is, I think this is a really good point. Mm-hmm. The advantage is, is India has their own language, mm-hmm. but they're one continent. Mm-hmm. Russia has their own dialect or language, but it's one, it's another continent. Yes. It's a humongous continent. Spanish is 37 countries around the world. Mm-hmm. Around the world. It's not a continent. It's yeah. around the world. You have Spain, you have Portugal, which is, you know, like 70% Spanish. You have South America. You have the Caribbean islands. You have... So when you look at the world as a whole and you start looking at who speaks what languages, I think... I think it was English is number one. Um, I don't want to say Chinese because that's not proper, but their dialect. Mandarin is is like number two. Uh, Just because there's a fucking billion of them. Right, exactly. But it's it's only on one continent. I don't know. That's the thing. The thing is it's only in one continent. So it's like, yeah, there's, there's... Billions of them speaking it. Yeah, if we're going to play the but, game of but, what, what's but better the, to in learn. in the global world, in the business world, Spanish is like number three or four. Yeah, that would have been a great argu- argument 10 years ago. But now uh, we all know that China owns America and especially California. So we especially just need to learn Mandarin yeah. and uh, get ready to, uh, you know, just bow down to the Chinese government and learn how to say, you know, konnichiwa. Where the konnichiwa, fuck is. ni hao. <laughs> What what was that movie? Loopers. Did you ever Loopers, watch Loopers? Yeah, yeah. With uh, Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis and uh, fucking the Joseph dude from Gordon Big Bang. Yeah. yeah j- 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 and he's like, learn Chinese, man. I'm from the future. And he's like, I'm going to learn French. And he's like, dude, I'm from the future. Learn uh, I don't, Mandarin. I, I definitely, I definitely, you know, come from Texas. There's been plenty of times where I wish I spoke Spanish. But, you know, I think that. Okay, let's In talk high- about pussy, bro. Oh, no, if you go to Colombia or Argentina, you want to get pussy, bro. And you'll get pussy speaking you'll get English. Pussy. But if you speak a little bit of like babalu and fucking no, no, Spanish, no, no, no. you'll get no. more pussy. You'll get you will get more pussy here because you speak Spanish. We'll get more pussy there because we speak English. We're like, I don't know what this bitch said. No, 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 no. You, you will get no, I'm telling you right now, because my buddy Seth Cash doesn't speak a word in Spanish. He launched the website that I swear to God, if I tell you what this website is, you'd be like, this is dog shit. This is the most ridiculous website, but he's blowing up. What he does is he gets, uh, he has those pictures of Louis 13 and fucking like, you know, all these royalty people. Check this out. Just dog heads on top of them. He puts people's pets heads yeah. Yeah, yeah. on top of them. Okay. I like that, that, one. That, that, <laughs> I don't that's, know if it's the same that's guy, him. But. It's probably him. I guarantee yeah. you. It's probably a per- perfect paw or something like that. That text message just floated between my household going, Dude, it is fucking this? insane. Should we pull the trigger? <laughs> this guy lived in Rio Alto and in Palm Springs and never left those fucking cities. All of a sudden, I'm like, he's like, dude, I'm making a lot of money. And I'm like, that's fucking great, bro. White people. Yeah, right, I'm like, that's fucking great. Like, what do you want to do? He's like, I, I, I think don't do I think I, I want to get a big house in Palm Springs, uh-huh. get a Range Rover, and and get a big screen TV and play PlayStation. I go, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my fucking life, bro. Like, <laughs> travel, amazing. travel. Yeah. So he started traveling. Now he was living in Mexico. He went to Indonesia. Yeah. He went somewhere in China. Then the pandemic hit. Then he ended up at my house. 
And when yeah. he was at my house, I'm like, bro, stay at my house, no problem. But after like two months, I was like, yo, like, <laughs> <laughs> like what are you doing? Dude, either share like, or fucking scram. Like, what are you doing? No, it's, it's not even share. It's like, what are you doing? All right. Whoa. So then he went to Mexico. He stayed there for a year. Paradise. Paradise. Now he's in Colombia. And this is the first time he comes up to me. He's like, dude, I want to speak Spanish. And I go, but you're getting a lot of bitches there. Like, it's not even necessary. He's like, dude. He's a white dude, right? Black dude. Black dude. And he's a black dude. Overweight. Black dude. 45 years old. All the COVID. That's another point. All the COVID rules. Black. Overweight. Just like CeeLo Green just doing like a South American. This guy never got COVID. This guy's been (laughs) fucking partying. Now, now is the first time in his life where it's like, I got to lose weight. I want to learn Spanish. Yeah. I want to fucking like. He fell in love. That's yeah, what's wrong with him. Yeah, he met a chick, dude. This, uh, he, he, he cares I too hard. Like, <laughs> smells like a, smells like a I'm, I'm, I'm going to pause this real quick. I got to take a piss. All right, no problem. I, I fucking, I got to take a piss. I'll be right back. Three, two, one. What were All you saying? This is fun because uh, I've done plenty of podcasts. I've never done a live by being in person with another person podcast, right? I've done wait, wait, the wait, wait, what? I've done other people's podcasts where I'm on the phone or doing Skype or something like that. Yeah. Uh, but sitting in somebody else's essential studio, mm. I've never done this. And mm. so it's fucking it's Cheers fucking fun, dude. I, I Cheers to that. I get to be the on the other end of the mic for once and it's fucking dope, man. Dude, I like you you are an inspiration because Regardless of what I said, I, I don't want to be just a motorcycle podcast, yeah, yeah. but at the same time, there's nothing I've done in my life more than riding motorcycles. Yeah. And I'm the biker that's not a biker because of the physical appearance. Like, people look at me and they're like, yeah, yeah, you should definitely biker. ride a fucking V-Rod. Yeah, like, <laughs> right, you should ride, exactly, exactly. Like, if I ride a V-Rod, they're like, oh, that's oh, yeah. fucking Fuck, him right That's there. him, dude. But... Like, that's not me, bro. Like, I know bikes. I fucking sold bikes. Yeah. I've seen accidents. I've been to hospitals. I've fucking, like, I, I've done it all. And seeing your podcast, like, I never wanted to compete. And I, 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 and I don't, and I won't. But, like, when I had you guys on, or when I had you on, I was like, dude, this is, like, a big deal. Like, you're following. I'll never have your following. Oh, uh, you like, will. Li- like, no, no, yeah. no. I'll never have your following. It's, it's the oh, truth yeah. of the like matter. The, the people that follow me. Yeah, I understand. And, and it's different because even if I get to a level, which I'm not, even if I get to a level where I blow up even bigger, mm-hmm. it's not your following. And your following is what I, I associate with. Your following is who I've dealt with the most. And it, it, it's, it's just fucking weird. I don't know how to explain uh, it. I, would, I wouldn't think that hard into it. I, w- I would think of it more like this. Like, um, consistency is what creates everything. It, it's what creates careers, skills, masters, uh, everything. Podcasters, painters, uh, actors, you know, comedians, all that stuff. It's consistency. It's, it's like waking up every day. And uh, and grinding and and doing it, even when you feel like you're a failure, you're a joke, you're an imposter. Imposter syndrome's real, um, and it's also one of these weird things where, like, we we live in a space where no matter how famous me and you both get, we'll never be as famous as 
a comedian doing this will never be as famous as a lot of those people and um and not as throwing shade at them you know to write to their you know they hustle they they went down their path they chose that path you know i didn't choose to be an actor i didn't choose to be a comedian i chose to be a biker or a fucking whatever the hell i am right um i'm content with the fact that like my podcast may never see a million views you know what i mean there's probably a million there, there's a million people out there that'll never see a million views right so but you know our world of motorcycling is such a small demographic of people in america that uh it's easier to make a difference in that than it is for me to make a difference in you know said comedy world actor world whatever the fuck i'm not a motivational speaker either that's why this is not yet i'm I'm talking right now and i'm just like saying words that sound good and they, none of them <laughs> fucking make sense but no but like I, i'll like here's the deal the reason i executed doing a podcast was one because a buddy of mine mark was like dude let's just let's just do record it. one let's yeah. just do it that's number one number two I heard somewhere, I don't remember exactly where it was, but it was like, if you start your own YouTube channel or podcast or whatever the case is, and if you can motivate just one person, yeah, just one fucking person, it was worth it. And that to me was like, okay, that's fucking amazing. And, and I've had those moments. I've yeah. had those moments where I've talked about insurance, you know, and, and people reached out to me and said, dude, I, I didn't realize how important insurance was. And by upgrading my insurance, yeah, you know, it was, it, the cost was so much little, like it wasn't even that much. And I was protected. And then I got into an accident mm -hmm. and I was protected. I was covered, yeah, you know, or I took the course that I wasn't planning on taking or didn't yeah. even think about, but because I heard your episode, I took that safety course and now I feel that much more confident, you know? So it, it, it's, it's back to quality over quantity. Yeah. And, and this is why we do it. Yeah, for this sure. This is why we do it. Regardless if you accept it or don't accept it, which you're accepting it, but regardless if you accept it or don't accept it, it's from the beginning, it's like, I, I want to share my opinion, my experiences. Yeah. I, I want to explain people what I've seen, you know, like, that's why I started with Ride Boundless because I started thinking how many times people told me motorcycles are dangerous. Like, you ride a bike? Yeah. Yeah. Don't crash, bro. They're fucking dangerous. Like, that's the stupidest thing you could tell any fucking biker, number yeah. one. Number two, I started concluding to, and I've said this in many episodes, at first it was like 90%. I was like, 90% 90, 90 of motorcycle accidents, rider error. Mm-hmm. Now it's 95%. And even now I want to say like 98% of motorcycle accidents are right or error. It's always, especially in LA, it's always people taking turns too fast. Yeah. It's always people speeding on the main streets. Um, and then it's always the T-bone. It's always a T-bone. And I started seeing these accidents at the dealership when I was working there. I, I saw one guy on crutches, and he'd come up to me, like, bro, somebody fucking hit me on the bike. Yeah, I was like, yeah. what happened? He's like, well, well, yeah, this truck cut me off, so then I went around and cut him off, 
gave him the finger, fucking hit him. Yeah. Done. All right. Another guy came in a wheelchair. And actually, there was a few people that came in a wheelchair. What the fuck happened to you? Dude, I'm going down Van Nuys Boulevard because our dealership was on Van Nuys Boulevard. And as I'm going down the road, this car turns in front of me and I fucking hit it. All right. We used to service the the police bikes. Mm-hmm. What happened to so-and-so? He said this happened. Well, they favor the biker always. Always. Not the case in Texas. In California, California is a biker state. Yeah. It's a biker state. Yeah. This is why we get lane splitting. I think till now we're the only lane splitting state in the U.S. Till now. I wouldn't doubt it. But in Texas, you can literally get hit on your bike by another dude on a bike and because some cunt-ass Karen across the intersection that may or may not have been on her phone, but somehow the police officer found her and gave her, and she reported, I don't know. It's Yeah, it's, it's fucked up. Yeah. It's fucked up. No, no. In California. Insur- insurance companies understand it. In California, but, in California, they make the exception. Yeah. Well, you, you, you are on a bike and you get hit, you're fucked. Now, when I met a guy on a wheelchair, what happened to you? And he tells me, yeah, bro, I'm going down Valais Boulevard and this fucking car turned in front of me and I fucking T-boned it. And when I talked to the cops, hey, what happened to so-and-so? Well, rumor has it he was going 60 miles an hour on Van Nuys Boulevard. Now, just so people understand Van Nuys Boulevard, Van Nuys Boulevard gets 55,000 cars moving through traffic every day. So if you're going 60 miles an hour and somebody turns in front of you, I promise you that car that turned in front of you never expected you were going at that speed where you would fucking fucking hit them you know what i mean so my point is i've only seen two accidents look i'm gonna say something i've i say this before (laughs) i've really said this before but i don't like saying it it really makes me feel uncomfortable i've been riding for 25 years okay i've never had a fucking street accident excuse me Never. I knock on wood. I, I, I'm not promoting it. I've said it before, so I'm not scared of saying it. Yeah. But I've never had a street accident, ever. On the dirt, different ball game. took a jump too high, took a burn too high, like whatever, too fast, whatever the case is. But I have never, ever, 73 episodes. Yeah. I promise you, I've said it at least 20, 30 times. I've never had an accident on the fucking road. And it's and it to me it's technique. To me it's it's you know it's you observance. were talking you were talking about electricity. You were talking about when you like riding is electricity, like when you're in New York or LA. Let me tell you something. I'm buzzed, I'm high, I'm cold, I'm hot, uh I'm tired. Whatever the case is. I'm walking up to my bike and I'm thinking to myself, why am I going to fucking jump on this bike? This is fucking scary. Bikes are fucking scary. But the moment I throw my leg over, the moment I turn on the fucking bike, it's all gone. Mm -hmm. I don't care what the fuck is going on in my life. It's gone. Like, vroom. 
my senses, I'm looking at fucking tires turning into my fucking lane. I'm looking at who's fucking on their phone. Like, it, it, it's like a 360 camera. Yeah. It's the weirdest fucking experience. And you guys that have been doing it forever, especially now, these 21 days, you guys know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And people don't fucking understand that. It's, it's a different experience. Now, the expression is there's two riders. The ones that have crashed and the yeah. ones that are going to crash. As the one that's never crashed, uh, I'll tell you this. Uh, you never crashed? Never crashed. And so the thing is. And, and we're not bragging about it. We're I not, am. Fuck y'all. Yeah. Um, well. <laughs> so here's the deal. Like, uh, you know, if you ride with an attention span, like you're always assuming that something may, that car, like you said it earlier, that car might bust a U-turn. That car might get in your lane. That, You know, I've. I've never had a car merge into my lane where I didn't see it happening. You know what I mean? I didn't see it. Uh, you know, I, di- I didn't. It, it, I wasn't prepared for it. If that makes sense. Like usually, when a car merges in my lane, I'm like, you know, moving over with him. Like, bro, what's up? You know what I mean? I have that kind of a you know attention span. Yeah. But I've also grown up with friends that that you know they wreck all the time because they assume that car is not going to turn left or right or come out in the traffic. Assumption's fucking terrible. And um, it's just I don't know I don't know what it is. I'm just I'm just wired to always, uh, you know, I have the attention um, usually. And I'm also like one of those dudes when I get too fucked up and I'm one eye riding home, which it happens. uh, So all you fucking queers out there that think it's you know. Oh, you shouldn't promote drinking and driving or riding. I'm like, hey, here's the deal. <laughs> I'm a fucking biker, dude. You know, I I do shit that I shouldn't do all the time. No, I, no, no. You know what I mean? th- that's that's another thing I promote. What I do promote is ride aggressive. Like I tell people, oh yeah, ride offensive. fucking offensive, ride aggressive, ride fucking mean, bad, whatever the fuck it is, if ride just, that. But but. But don't go over your limit. If you do if, this, if your bike doesn't have ABS, don't go over your limits. If your bike can't stop on time, doesn't have traction control, depending on what bike you're riding, do not go over your limit. Ride aggressive, but don't go over your limit. Here's here's a perspective. If you if you're riding your bike five to ten miles over the speed limit, but if you're not riding in a way that's uh like scaring the traffic, you know what I mean? Like zoom in, zoom in, you know, it's safer if you do that. But if you're just riding faster, you're just slowly merging here and there, you get on someone's ass, you get over, move around, but you're you're going faster. I guarantee you anytime, I mean, you might get the ticket, you might get the speed and ticket, they might pull you over, and they might be like, yo, like, uh, you you know, the speed limit's 65, you're doing 75. And it's like, yeah. Okay, I'll own it. I, I yes, I was doing seventy five. Well, why are you doing that? It's like it's safer for me. I'm I was sorry, not, officer. I didn't know I couldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, Dave Chappelle. Exactly. Okay, Dave Chappelle. <laughs> so when you're doing that, you know they can you can you can have a debate with them, and obviously you're never going to win a debate with a cop. But for the sake of mine, it's like I'm I feel safer in my life by eliminating as much of the potential from getting hit from behind. And allowing, putting all the, uh, the the anxiety on me as to how I handle what's in front of me, right? Yeah. If I'm going just a little bit faster, and trust me, I'll still be doing 10 miles an hour. Someone will zoom past me, right? But 
at least Very at five times. to ten miles over, I am controlling the narrative of what's behind me, and I I agree, and 100%. I am in control of what's in front of me. So a, a few episodes after the one we recorded, in like one of the beginning episodes, I had Detective Quinn Redeker. Detective Quinn Redeker is the is or was the number one uh, performance police motorcycle officer. Yeah. Like this guy did front wheelies, back wheelies. Uh, oh, shit, he's not allowed to like, do. Like, this guy, fucking amazing. Um, his, his podcast, that episode, was so fucking dope. It was so dope because it was talking about growing up in the San Fernando Valley... 70s and 80s like it, it it sounded like the karate kid shit oh dude it was fucking we were on Reseda boulevard yesterday i was like dude let's go find <laughs> cobra kai dude dude it is it is what's funny is is when i when i had him on the podcast yeah. i was watching cobra kai the first one and i was like dude this sounds just like cobra yeah. kai like he was like robert you don't understand like in the 70s and 80s when you're growing up in the san fernando valley like you had you to can, have a roundhouse you can you can grab a rock and you can throw it at any garage and that garage had a dirt bike or a street bike and the way he described about taking your father's fucking dirt bike and riding to malibu mm-hmm and spending the whole day at the fucking beach, fucking hooking up with girls, doing whatever the fuck you want, smoking weed, smoking whatever the fuck you want, and then coming back from the ocean all fucking cold and fucking, and getting over here, like, it, dude, it, it's it's an amazing experience. Like some yeah. some people are like, right dude, you should have talked more about the police because he's a detective, he's a police, he's SWAT. Yeah. But to me, that's what caught my attention was like, like that. It was romantic. Like, you oh, know, yeah. it was an intimate, romantic ro- conversation. It was a peek about, into a, a, a life that you didn't get to live. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, and and I got into, I don't talk about it too much, but I, I, I got into bikes when I was, when I was 16, 17 years old. I was a lifeguard at the YMCA in Santa Cruz County. Mm-hmm. And my best friend at that time, Brandon Elliott. They were the type of American family. They lived in Aromas at the time. His dad sold. Uh, he, he sold. He sold products at supermarkets mm-hmm. that he would make like twenty cents per product, but they would sell hundreds of products. And they invited me to Mojave Desert. They're like, "Dude, we're gonna go to Mojave Desert. We go every year." And I was like, "That's fucking cool." So I went out there, and I was terrified. Like, I, I went from no bikes to Mojave Desert, fucking taking fucking hills down. Don't push your front brake. On this hill, don't push any brakes because you will lock up. You will fucking do that. And, and then I bought a dirt. I bought one of the dirt bikes, and then I seized the engine on it, and then I went to a quad. So and then They took you out there to ride dirt bikes. Yeah. And had you been riding dirt bikes before? Never. No, so no, never, never, okay. never, never, never. This so, is like 16, 17 years old. Like, we're going to put you on a bike. You you're, you get along. You get along. Actually, as a matter of fact, that's, I, I'm going to tell a story. Y'all just went out to the desert with your, yeah. with your homie. I was like, okay, that's cool. Mm-mm. But if that's your first foray into riding motorcycles, no, no, that's, that's my that's first insane. time. Yeah. But, but I'll, t- I'll tell you this. I've never told this story. I've never told this story. And, and, and it really means like, 
It was kind of fucked up. Fingered her sister out there, huh? <laughs> I'll tell you that story, too. I'll tell you that story, too. So I'm going to tell you two stories. So what happened is I was working at in Santa Cruz, in Santa Cruz County. I was working for the YMCA, 15, 16 years old. Definitely fingered some girls by that time. Oh, dude. You, <laughs> no, no. I, I, I fucked at, like, 12. Hopefully okay, my, my first time, fuck 12. You're 15? Get yeah, the 15. fuck out of here. I get it. Yeah. 12. 12 I right get here. Welcome to the party, the nerd. Get out of here, <laughs> fucking fuck. geek. So, at fucking... So, I'm working at the YMCA, and then all of a sudden, everybody's, like, standoffish at me. Yeah. What the fuck's going on? Like Santa Cruz County, like they're standing off chef at me. I'm fucking, I'm going to a continuation high school, by the yeah. way. Like I got kicked out of every high school I went to. And I went to many, which is weird to say. But everybody was acting weird. Anyways, Brandon and his brother, Rob Elliott, they do a house party. Yeah. And they invite me because they invited everybody else. Okay. I hear a rumor that somebody's been stealing shit and they think it's me because I'm because at that time. So what happened was, is when I moved into that town, everybody was calling me Cuban. They're like Cuban, Cuban, Cuban. Hey, what's up, Cuban? What's up, Cuban? What's up, Cuban? And one day I get home and I'm like, dude, mommy, like, why are they calling me Cuban? This is so offensive. And my older brother's like, because you're Cuban, stupid. And I was like, oh, I am Cuban. Right. And so then I was, I was the Cuban. Right. Yeah. So they're all treating me fucking weird. And I'm like, why the fuck are they treating me weird? Well, rumor has it that money's being stolen, things are being stolen, and they're blaming the Cuban. Okay? There's a house party. They invite me just because I work with everybody else. So I go to the house party. That night, $200 or $300 is stolen from somebody's drawer, from their room, from their personal underwear drawer. I'm the Cuban, so they're they're kind of like, eh, you know. Long story short, there is uh, our manager. Our manager, Sean Rose, uh, he gets caught. Somebody walks into the locker rooms, and this guy broke into somebody's locker, another lifeguard's locker. We're all lifeguards. Had the shorts, pulled out the wallet, was taking out money, and somebody walked in and caught them. And that's what kind of cleared me. Okay, but before that, for like two years, I was the fucking, I was a suspect. After that, I got invited to more personal events. So then they were like, hey, we're going to Mojave Desert. We're going to fucking write. Hey, man, sorry about that shit. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you guys, man. Fuck you you guys, man. So anyway, so then we go to fucking Mojave Desert. The white guy all along. (laughs) The white man guy. So what I'm telling you is the white man. So anyways, <laughs> we get past that. So now we're in Mojave Desert. I buy my first dirt bike. I'm like 16, 17 years old. And we're fucking like, they're trying to teach me how to ride. Like, I'm fucking it all up. I'm fuck. I'm crashing. My name was Crash by the end of the five days. <laughs> I decided to take my first jump. And they were like, don't take any jumps. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to take a fucking jump. And they're like, don't take any jumps. And I was like, okay. Nobody's looking. There's a fucking jump right in front of me. Let me take it full throttle. I take it, but I don't let go of the gas. I continue letting go of the gas. I fly over this shit. I fucking drop. I crash my helmet. My visor's cracked. My helmet's cracked. I hit it so hard that I, I thought my skull cracked. Yeah. My buddies show up. David Nixon. 
This is the. What are you doing over there? Oh. Oh, he's not trying to smoke out the room. So David Nixon, the the finger banging girl. David Nixon, big white dude, bro, fucking solid fucking dude. He's like, fucking Cubano, what are you doing? And I was like, <laughs> nothing. He was like, did you jump that shit? And I'm like, no. And my visor's hanging like this, and I'm fucking covered in dirt. I'm covered in dirt. I'm like, no. He was like, yeah, you took the jump. Anyways, so that, that was my whole fucking how I got into the motorcycle thing. Now, the finger-banging thing. Brandon Elliott. Now we find out Sean Rose is the fucking the thief. thief, right? Yeah. So I'm cool now. So now I'm invited to all the parties. We're fucking partying. Da, 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 da. So we go to a party. It's Brandon's birthday. And when we show up, when I show up, they try to do the fucking buzzer cut. You know? You know yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they the, kind of the, get me. What was it like? A, like a jackass, right? Jackass, right. Yeah. They do the, the jackass. Like, yeah. So they try to get me, and I'm like, ah. You're a Cuban and turn around and slice some dude's neck open. Well, they were trying to slice my Cuban neck, right? So then David Nixon. Yeah. David Nixon. I love David Nixon. David Nixon, I love you, bro. David Nixon was the white boy. He was uh, Santa Cruz County Aromas football team. Stocky, Just big motherfucker, right? Oh, thick Just ass. The corn thick mother. The corn fed white corn fed white boy yeah. from fucking California. Yeehaw. Yeah. Yippee ki motherfucker, right? This guy like hated me at that time. Anyways, we're at the party and they fucking Cubano mm, like try to hit me and shit. I'm fucked up. And his sister. And his sister was just as stocky as he was. Oh, <laughs> just by bitch. the way, just by the way, just fucking, you know, fuck her, flat. A woman came up behind me and she was like, how you doing, Cubano? I was like, I'm good. She's like, you want me to suck your dick? I was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> we go to the room. I get fucked. I, I get fucked. Knock out, wake up. She's on my thigh, cock out. She's fucking pointing at it. David Nixon, that's David Nixon's sister. Yeah. David Nixon walks in. I fucking bail. Fucking Cubano. I fucking bail. I fucking like jump out a window. I fucking get in a car and yeah. bail. All right. Few years later, we're much older, much more mature. We're in Salinas, the uh-huh. city I was telling you earlier. Yeah. We're at a rodeo. Sponsored by Jack Daniels. Okay, how much more Rodeo do you get than that? Red Rodeo, and I'm working for a television station, selling commercials and doing ads and blah, blah, blah. And I'm with Gregory Vega. Not my favorite guy in the world, but whatever, Gregory Vega. And we run into David Nixon. And David Nixon says, hey, Cubano. And I haven't, been, I haven't been called Cubano in like five years, right? <laughs> so I'm drinking Jack Daniels. I'm like, hey, man, how you doing? He's, uh, I'm good, man. This is uh, Gregory Vega. Gregory Vega, this is David Nixon. He goes, hey, nice to meet you, Gregory Vega. Did you know Cubano fucked my sister? And Gregory Vega is like taking a drink at that moment. He spits it all over the fucking place and fucking starts laughing. And anyways, we all started <laughs> laughing. Anyways, I was... Anyway, that's my drunk story right now. That's <laughs> the best, dude. Yeah, that's where I my dick taste. <laughs> that's where I my dick taste, dude. Yeah, yeah it's so bad. 
Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, where, how do you top that story? Like, I just, I remember uh, I was fingering a chick in fifth grade, and uh, I finished up, and uh, I was leaving the house, and then uh, Regulators was on MTV, and I wanted oh, to see the video. Man. And I've never seen the video before. I've never seen the Regulators video. There's a whole prelude to the Regulators song. I didn't know about that. And then, uh, so we stopped and watched that. And, How old were uh, you? I was, this was, I was in sixth grade. So, this is like 2005, 2006. No. Now I'm fucking 40 now. But you're, you're the same age as me. So yeah, we, yeah. we graduated in the year 2000. I, I'm a one. Yeah. Well, okay. I'm a September But still, baby. how are you going to say 2006, 2007? I think so. What the fuck are you saying? I tried to have sex with one of my best friend's uh, moms in high school. It was when <laughs> she was like the hot, like her and her... Uh, Literally, her son was one of my best friends. He didn't listen to this. I'm not worried about it. But, um, and if you want to <laughs> drill down even further, my dad had taken her mom to prom. And my dad had taken her mom to prom. Yeah. So my dad was like a senior, and she was. They went to the, we, like I went to the same high school my parents went to. Um, and Small town, huh? Well, I did. The funny thing is, I didn't always live there. Like it was just kind of. Real happenstance, I actually yeah. ended up back in the town that my mom and dad actually met and went to high school at. But um, anyways, my dad took this chick, his, like his senior year. He, he even told me, he's like, no, dude, never had sex with her. Had like a, she's a very, very good looking uh, sophomore or whatever she was. And took her and needed a date, went to the prom, ended the story, went on to party with my friends. So I was, But I was still always busting my, you know, However the world works out, me and her son were kind of thick as thieves. They were best friends through high school. And I used to joke, hey, you know, my dad fucked your mom on the plane. <laughs> <laughs> kind of anyways, I don't Dirty I, white boy. Honestly, I don't think it ever happened, but she was hot. Uh, they, His parents went through a divorce, like, our ninth grade year probably. And she was single- Kind of got the vibe. She's a little whorish, maybe. We didn't know her a couple times. <laughs> like one of got her, the vibe. One of her whorish, like, neighbor friends, like, cougar. Like, this is before the term. This is before American Pie. This is before the term cougar was a thing. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, so I was like. Milf oh, was oh, the thing from American oh, Pie. Oh, yeah. And I was like, how do I fuck her? But then she, the neighbor ended up becoming a little bit more of an obstacle. So, <laughs> I was so, again, she was like a. She's this like was a, American Gladiator, like basically. A, like a pageant queen. Well, anyways, we had this homemade, long story short, we had this homemade burger joint in our place, and I used to skip school, like, j- junior and senior year, when I knew the classes that I needed to have. I'd skip school like a motherfucker, just yeah. live my life like an adult. Yeah, fuck <laughs> and, it. Uh, yeah, I went, and picked up, I went and picked up Boots Burger one time, and went and took it back to her house, and knocked on the door, expecting nothing, and she answered the door. She was like, hey, how's I was like, hey, is Travis here? She was like, you know he's at school. What are you doing? I was like, looking for you. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, came in, had a had a burger, but didn't didn't, didn't it get the uh, it was America's naughtiest or Naughty yeah. America or whatever the the site is. It didn't quite go that far, but I've jerked off to it probably like a dozen times since then. <laughs> like where I've I've made it go that way. And it was awesome. So, In your mind, you tricked yeah, yourself. I, I, I feel like I still win. My, my, my first time was I was 11 years old and there was two sisters that lived in my building and 
We would go to the laundry room. The younger I'm 38. one. I have not fucked two sisters yet. So you No, I never fucked the two cool sisters. I never even fucked any of the sisters. But what we did do was we would go to the laundry room, and she would show me her pussy, and I would show her my dick, and then she would be like, and then I'd be like, and she'd be like, and then I'd be like, and that was it. That was it. Like no, it wasn't even. It was like, I, I, like you, I, that was like tryouts I, before I, I you think, get on the I baseball think, team. I think I jerked off like a few months after doing the same thing over and over and over, yeah. and I peed all over the place. Like I was like, I'm coming, and then it was pee. Was like, like yeah. what the fuck am oh, I peeing for? Those yeah. early days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I'm saying, 11, 12, yeah. 12 years old. Yeah. And then I fucked the first time. I was twelve years. I was twelve Jeez. or thirteen, and. It was a Puerto Rican girl named Julian. Uh, of course. Juliana. Godless. Juliana. Juliana. She was Puerto Rican. <laughs> and it was a friend of mine, Roger. And Roger's like, dude, have you had sex? And he was like three years older than me. I was like, no. He was like, Juliana's going to fuck you. And I was like, what? <laughs> and he grabs, dude, he grabs my arms, like back. Like he's holding my arms. And then Juliana comes and she starts blowing me I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Ah, like, I just want to fucking, like, like been terrified. Dude, and, and then so she, many guys have to pay way extra. So for you that. got raped. You I got, got gang raped. raped. I, got, I, I, I got gang raped. No, no, yeah. seriously. I, I got gang raped. Yeah. Like, dude, like, when I think of my childhood, I'm like, dude, it's so fucking wild. Yeah, what was he thinking about as he's holding your arms? Like, oh, no, he's going to love it. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, like uh-huh. no, no, seriously. But, like, I was being held back. And this girl is blowing me, and then she fucking rides me until I come, which didn't take long, obviously. Yeah. Like, that was my fucking first experience. After that, I remember I had a girlfriend in Burbank, and uh, I was living in Canoga Park. In Canoga Park to Burbank, driving is like 45 minutes. I was in Canoga Park the other day. Yeah. Were you? Yeah, we were over there yesterday. Yeah. Oh, dude, check this out. I used to live. I in think Burbank. I saw where you got jerked off at. <laughs> <laughs> I got jerked off in Van Nuys. <laughs> Which, by the way, if I'm going to talk about Van Nuys, there's a Korean barbecue spot. <laughs> that is fucking delicious. And it's cheap. Are you guys in town tomorrow? Unfortunately not. We're moving our way down towards Anaheim tomorrow. Dude, I got I to gotta be at a podcast at like 12 a.m. tomorrow. 12 p.m. That, that's not going to happen. Yeah, it's, uh, it's almost 2 now. Uh, but we fucking rally and we party up in this bitch, so I'm down to fucking. We're doing. Where, where are you guys staying at tonight? Like just in Venice. general, don't say Venice. Yeah, so you get yeah. right back there. Yeah, we'll go back to Venice and then. Uh, I got two couches and a fucking oh, bed. And just letting you know. Is I mean it's a, it's a it's it's not a bad opportunity, but then the track to Venice restocking our bikes with all the shit we took off the bikes because we're on the yeah, trip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then getting over it, because I'm, I'm doing a podcast with Bassani, the exhaust company. Who the fuck's Bassani? I'm kidding, bro. I'm, kidding. I'm trying to figure out who, who, who she is. Hey, man. Yeah, who uh, is she? Um, but So the greatest Bassani story is is Bulletproof Welder. Uh-huh. Did you hear his story? I haven't heard his, no. So Bulletproof Welder is is this, this gentleman from Bakersfield, California. I had him in the podcast yeah. early, like when I had you on. The only thing was oh, he's, is he's real shit. I I've enjoyed following him for a couple of years. I feel like I met him a few years ago too. But yeah, yeah Trevor, like free. Trevor, yeah, yeah, dude, he he's oh he's, dude, yeah. You don't understand. He's like he's he's my boy. He's the number one guy of Ride Clean. Ride Clean is my my company, and that's what I've been selling. 
And I had him on my podcast. I, I want to say before I had you on. Yeah. And when I was speaking to him, it was mind-blowing because he was brand new to the industry. Like, he's like, I just got a bike two years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, when I had him on my podcast, he just had a bike two years ago. Now... He's on a different fucking level. Oh, I, yeah. I actually his new build is sick as fuck. Oh, it's sick as fuck. Yeah. I had him on my podcast two weeks ago. I couldn't publish it because he asked me not to. But yeah, it's amazing how devastated he is getting second place. It's fucking devastating. Like when you get into the facts of why he's second place and what he put into that fucking second place. He's like, dude, I should have never got second place. I should have got yeah, first well, place. I'll, I'll be the bad guy here. Uh, motorcycles aren't about places. You know, I, I have a custom bike, and I've had more custom ba- bikes. His bike is amazing, and it's right. He's got everything you can dream of uh, to do to a bike, but that's not why you build bikes. It's not why you customize bikes. If you're only doing it for a trophy, then, you know, and, and I don't think he was just doing it for a trophy. It's just that that first place did yeah. not, it didn't equal up. And it, it's when, never and, going and, to. And, 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 and when you get into the details, when you, you start uh, finding out that, like, okay, this, so to, this so to is play bigger that, than just the competition. Yeah. Well, So when you, when you want to go down that path of, like, motorcycle shows, right, as the conversation comes up quite a bit, uh, I talked to people. We, we were doing a podcast with a guy today that uh who gets invited because his builds are so immaculate to go everywhere in the world world fucking so when you got people and and i say this as myself included um what we're doing to these bikes right now compared to what chopper guys have been doing their bikes for the last 10 20 30 years and how they build bikes and like nobody's inviting us to go to malaysia and bring our fucking dinas and our baggers to it, right? Um, it's unfortunate because there is a style here that we're all promoting, but the craftsmanship's not the same. It's it's just not, you know what I mean? Um, but at the same time, like, if you get wrapped up into that, then you're going to fall out of love with motorcycles because you allowed someone else to dictate your enjoyment of motorcycles, Right. My enjoyment of motorcycles is not to come to a place and allow someone else to tell me how cool my bike is or is not. You know what I mean? Because when I'm riding, when me and this dude are riding uh, bar to bar together through Idaho in our rain suits, looking like fucking dweebs on our bikes, thinking we're cool as shit, but looking like fucking, uh, <laughs> looking like, what, what's Tweedle the dude? D and tweeted all. Just looking stupid as shit on our bikes. We don't look like fucking Harley Davidson Marvel, Marvel, man. You know what I mean? But we feel like that. And so when we get to the next bike stop or next stop, it's like if we, it, it, I get it. Like, I, I understand. I'm, 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 I'm not trying to justify it. Yeah, and, I, and, and I this is why the episode wasn't published. Yeah. It got very, it, in a sense, it got very personal. But when you look at the reasoning and the investigation on it, it was like, hey, there's corporate, there's oh, yeah, this, yeah, yeah. there's that. Favoritism. And you got to suck some dicks, and, dude. And, and, and it sucks dicks. At the end of the day, it sucks fucking you dicks. Have, you have to suck dicks. That's, that's right. 100%. Bike I, building is politics. And, and, and I, I'm going to go I'm gonna go back to Louis C.K. because it's my favorite shit in the world. Mm-hmm. Louis, Louis C.K. is my favorite shit in yeah. the world. He's like, I never sucked dick. And, you know, the way that I see it, that's like very unique because <laughs> all women suck dick. And, 
Then you got faggots and they suck dick. And then you got people that are forced to suck dick. So there's only like 500 of us people that haven't sucked dick. <laughs> you're like, I remember that like, one. Yeah. You know, it's one of his old school shit. But it's fucking true. And again, this is why I didn't publish that episode. Because yeah. it, it, it just, it was just, it, it just affected him. Because yeah. I get it. You put your I passion do into your bikes. Yeah. You know, you fucking build it, you weld it, you paint it, you fucking do all this shit. The team you put behind it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I, I really never seen anybody get second place and be that fucking depressed. Yeah. Like, uh, you, well, you know, um, I mean, no hard feelings mm-hmm. for him, but, you know, I've talked about this to not and he, at, ca- at he, ca- he caught himself just FYI. Yeah, yeah. He caught himself yeah. where he was like, wait and a minute, all, like, like, what the fuck am I doing? What, what like, happens? Stop this right now. Like, yeah, what happens when you put yourself into a bike show is that you put yourself in a competition with people and you you size yourself up with them. Like, uh, and and what you're talking about and what I'm sure he's talking about is is the known norm, right? Uh, bike shows are always politics. Doesn't matter what you do. It's politics. If you're not cool, if you're not the guy that knows the guy, if you didn't buy the right guy's parts or blah, 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 you're not going to win first place. That's just how that is. It's known. Be- you know why? Because let me let me turn it back onto the uh, to the user. Because everything people do in this world is free, right? There's no – let me let me take it back. Let me maybe educate you guys on some stuff. Please. Back in the early 2000s, cigarette companies dumped thousands and thousands of dollars into motorcycle events. Sturgis, Daytona, uh, um, look, Laughlin, Arizona Bike Week, name your rally. Thousands of dollars. Advertising. They'd put advertising dollars on the rally. They'd put purses on bike builds. Like, hey, we're hosting a show at the Broken Spoke Saloon in Sturgis. The uh, baddest chopper is $10,000, right? So you get people building amazing bikes for those, right? We don't have that anymore. Nowadays, people are building bikes for bragging rights at a fucking bike night or born free, which let's be real. Born free is not, you know, it's another fucking politics thing, right? There is no, there is no purse anywhere. There's not money in this shit. There's no money in, in, in there. There's no bragging rights to anything. We talked about this today. There is not a show that is judged fairly on like craftsmanship and work, right? There's not, period. And so with that being said, it's like anytime you go to any show, you're always going to have politics, right? But we don't have, uh, there's no money in that. There's no advertising that because right now the industry or motorcycling in general, you know, to go down another rabbit hole is the most famous people in the motorcycle industry aren't builders anymore. It's not about building bikes. Hey, whose flannel do you have on right now? He's more famous than every bike builder that's ever been out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Whose t-shirt company is that right now? You know, Rusty Butcher, you know, I don't know the guy personally, but I know his brand. He's put a lot out there. He's a writer, but his brand's bigger than most builders that we watched on TV 20 years ago. So our industry is completely different. Bike shows are not what they used to be. So, you know, I, I feel like, there's never been somebody to say like, hey, 
everything's different. Everything's everything that was is not now. It's not the same anymore. But half the industry is still doing what they they're 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 accustomed to, which is what has been. The other half of the industry is full of guys like you and I who are uh, podcasters or influencers or whatever the fuck you want to call us. And then the other half is like people on YouTube that are making videos and and brands that are t-shirt companies that have never turned a wrench, but they're more famous than the bike builders. Fucking weird. This whole industry is upside down. Yeah. Even the powers that be in the industry have no idea how to how to even like navigate it or dictate it or, or put promotions it, it, right it's so fucking upside down i i like i said just a month ago two months tops i was riding with michael beach yeah. and uh eddie cyprian and eddie cyprian still had the bike that i sold him in 2008 yeah it was a streak light. It was fixed up. Fucking, it had a 19-inch rim back then, which was fucking huge. Huge. Yeah. Huge. Huge. And, and it's humongous. And it's the biggest. And, and they were. Nobody was really doing the 19-inch <laughs> back wheels back, back then. then. I was. Back then. I, I just <laughs> want to let everybody know how so, huge and great it was. It's fucking humongous. <laughs> it's fucking humongous. It's huge. It's huge. It's America. But. It was so interesting going on a bike ride with him because I realized they haven't been on a bike ride in the recent times. Yeah. And the amount of customization, the amount of fucking painters, the amount... Like, you got to understand, I knew Michael Beach and Eddie Cyprian when the only real painter was Hot Dog. Yeah. Okay? Hot Dog was uh, West Coast West Choppers. Coast Choppers. And and Dean fucking had one of the fucking uh, 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 Chango Blanco or some shit like that, like like that's all that existed. There there wasn't many parts. Custom Chromes was the only accessory shop for Harley Davidson. Yeah. Okay. This is the era that I grew up in. But then I saw all the difference because I I still continued it. And now I'm riding with these guys, and these guys are like, look at these fucking brakes. Look at these fucking rims. Look at these paint jobs. Look at these LED lights. Look at yeah. these fucking seats. Look at these fucking leathers. Look at, like, it's completely changed. Like, people don't understand. Harley Davidson, 10, 15 years ago, there wasn't what exists now. It's a whole different ballgame. And, 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 I, and, I, and, I, and I get that part for, for Bulletproof Welder because what he does is fucking not only does he paint and get fucking custom and pinstriping but he's a welder he makes his own fucking pegs and he makes his own fucking handlebars and grips and fucking so, you know it's it's all customized but the guy was fucking traumatized like the guy was like dude this is like fucked up because first place was a bullshit bike like when you look at the build overall is. Is. you're like dude this is a bullshit bike and I've had Roland Sands on the podcast. And that episode, I, I've been key to getting information about people that people don't know. And when I was talking about Roland, it, first of all, when I did a podcast with Roland, I had no idea I was going to interview Roland. Mm. That's the truth of the matter. I was like, I want to speak to somebody that works for Roland Sands and talk about the brand, etc. When I, They're like, oh, Absolutely. When I showed up, they're like, Roland's upstairs. I'm like, what? They're like, Roland. I'm like, I didn't even know there was a dude named Roland. 
yeah. <laughs> running upstairs, right? So then I get upstairs. I set up the equipment. I'm like, all right, three, two, one. We start talking. And when I talked to Roland, I said, Roland, what, what got you into the industry? He's like, well, my dad got me into the industry, you know, blah, blah, blah. I, I go, but what really got you into the industry? He's like, my dad. And I go, who's your dad? And he's just like, eh, my dad's like a builder. He used to make custom parts for bikes. Do you know who his dad is? Yeah, he owns PM. PM, Performance Machines. And this is what I used to rock on my fucking, I had an FXDXT 2003 Anniversary yeah. Edition Performance Machine Brakes, Performance Machines fucking rotors. Is that? I didn't know that at the time. Yeah. So when he told me, I'm listening to this, I'm, I'm, I'm doing my podcast. <laughs> Dude, like, what the fuck? Your dad's PM? And and I could tell he's kind of like, ah, yeah, my dad's PM, but like yeah. I'm rolling sands, like, you know, it's separate. And and we got into that. But it was so mind-boggling on the customizations of building bikes. And he stated, he goes, Robert, you got to understand, I was the last, like when magazines were popular, and, and you know, you had the, the West Coast Choppers mm-hmm. magazines, you had that. I was one of the last fucking builders to be printed on those fucking things. You was that 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 was me, and I was like, dude, that's fucking so badass. You want to know what sucks about being in the industry now? Is uh, let me let me try to in my drunken state right now. Uh, seven whiskeys, two beers, uh, moonshine, two a two a.m. Scotch. So some living cherry with a lot of. Here's here here's the here's the 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 weird part. <laughs> Lemon cherry gelato. Um, I I got to I grew up I I came from the era I worked at the very bottom level of the biker build up era where these sh- shops all over the country were doing these TV show things and the big time chopper things a lot of money in that shit and I I made none of it I made minimum wage and minimum wage back then was five seventy five or five twenty five right. So I didn't make shit doing this stuff. But when I got a taste of magazines in my career, um, I was fortunate to have a small feature in uh, Lowrider Art for my airbrush. Yeah, yeah. I was fortunate to have uh, a feature in Hot Bike before it went away, American Bagger, um, Urban Bagger, a couple of things that were kind of popular in the early uh, 2000 aughts, I think is what they call them. Um. But fucking camera's dumb. It's fine. But this is what's weird is that social media is more or less my medium of exposure. That's what made that's why I have any source of fame, right? Yeah. And I hate saying fame because it feels weird because I feel like I created it for myself. You didn't. It's not like a like some network found me and exposed me. You know, I I created my own fame. 100%. But all the people, and this is where, this is where I'll I'll challenge, as much as I respect everybody, all my, my, the people that I feel like mentors. Your peers, your peers. Your peers, your mentors, all the people that came before me. Um, I'll I'll say this, like, uh, those dudes just went to work and people exploited them. Magazines were looking for them. So they can sell magazines, TV shows. We're looking for them, so that they can sell episodes. They can get viewers, right? And so you had this whole generation. They got exploited, right? They got opportunity that I will never get in my life. 
They got to be on TV. They got invited to Easy Rider shows, which we don't have anymore. They got invited to be at Sturgis. Uh, they got invited to be at all these different things, right? And then social media comes along, and all these old fucks don't know how to do it. They don't want to do it. Oh, I'm too old for that. This shit ain't going. This isn't it isn't important. This is stupid, right? Fast forward 10 years, my social media has more followers or more exposure than... 90% of the people that I grew up following that I idolized and then they're also on that same platform and they have as much as my personal Instagram right they just don't they don't lean into it right yes they're known they were on TV they're all they have all that right but why is my exposure why is my fame invalid to them when technically I created it for myself, I earned my own fame. I created my own fame. I started my own Instagram. I curated my own content. I was my own magazine producer. I was on my own TV producer making my reels, my stories, my YouTube, my photography. Yeah. I'm all that. And they are just doing the same shit they were doing in 2006, right? And nobody cares because they never were a photographer, a videographer, uh, a promoter of themselves, right? But it, but it, but it's 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 easier and it's harder now than ever, because the difference was, is you had to be selected back then, you had to be selected. Now you have to be consistent, mm -hmm. okay? And this is kind of what I was talking yeah. about. That one person, that one person, I was like, dude, how are you getting this much attention? If you were just writing. If you started writing only three years ago, yeah, I've been writing way longer than you have, and you have a bigger following and you have a bigger group in the last three years than I have in fifteen years at that time, mm -hmm. and it, it, it's it's just different times, you know. Same thing. I was talking to Michael Beach. He's like, dude, being famous now compared to before is so different. Like, yeah. like. You can't do shit that you want to do. You can't yeah. be places you want to be because it's all publicized. It's all seen. So it's a different time. And you've maximized this current era. And, and this is something I wanted to talk about earlier in the podcast. I was reading an article. It was very interesting. And it says people born from 1977 to 1984 we're fucking unique and we're unique because we're, we're in the perfect era yeah. of people before internet and social media and after. And we're like the, we're like the greatest people to introduce the old to the new. Yeah. We're there. That's, that's our era. Agreed. And, and that's, that's the struggle. And it's a big struggle. It's hard. We're valued by the younger generation and devalued by the older generation. They think we didn't work hard, but none of them did this. You know what I mean? I, I I mean, arrogant or not, you know, I'm a fucking professional what I do. I'm one of the best painters in America. I'm not the best. I'm one of the best. You know what I mean? And honestly, if you put me in a competition with the best, I'd probably try to push myself to be better than them, right? But there's no competition for that, so there's no, there's no reason to push that. Um, I've... Doing podcasts, doing 270, 280 episodes of podcasts and sitting down with people. 
I've never seen more entitled people than the people that never had to work that hard for their fame. You know what I mean? That, you know, they, they took their bike to a bike show, which I also did. You know, they took their bike to a bike show and said company, easy riders, put them out there. They started putting them on their tour, blah, blah, blah. We don't have any of that shit. Everything that made all the pre, like all the other builders, all the other people in our industry famous, none of that exists anymore. None of it. None of it. None of it exists. There's no companies out there trying to say, hey, Jace, uh, we want to take your bike and we want to put you in every show across America and we're going to pay you to be there and all you're going to do is fucking shake hands, kiss babies, and sign some autographs. Doesn't that exist. doesn't exist anymore. Not anymore. Right? So now, you know, I'm on Instagram. I'm on YouTube. I have a podcast. Now I'm, I'm known for that. I'm my corner of fame or whatever the fuck you want to call it. And it's devalued by people because they think that I did it because social media is easy. If it's so easy, then why the it's fuck aren't you? It's not fucking easy. If it's man. so easy, why the fuck do you have 5,000 followers? And you have 20, 30, 40, 50 years of content you could be putting on there. And I'm making my content every day alone. You got a fucking team, right? Why am I doing it? And you can't figure it out. You got a fucking team. It's fucking difficult, bro. Because look, you, look, look, look at my team. You're not used look to at my team. You're yeah. Same, like, we're on the same boat. Fucking it's, it's, it's but I'm talking about. But it's impossible. It seems impossible. Yeah. Because we're editing, we're hosting, we're talking, we're recording, we're fucking publishing, we're yeah. doing graphics, we're doing designs. Then to top it off, you're fucking painting people's bikes, painting people's fucking helmets. Mm. Who comes first? Who comes second? Who fucking, who's going to pay more? Who's going to pay? Like, it, it's it's so complicated that people do not understand. It's yeah. not fucking easy. My best friend calls me up. He's like, dude, why aren't you doing live streams? I'm like, dude, shut the fuck up. Yeah. It's not fucking easy. Yeah. It's not fucking easy. I got to hook up more cameras. I got to make sure the internet connection. I got to do this. I got to do that. It's, it's so much fucking work. It's over overwhelming. It's overwhelming. And you're right. If you step back and you look at all the shit that we're doing for our industry, and we're doing it for the industry, we're doing it for our passion, but yeah. when you step back and look at it, it's like, guys, shut the fuck up. It's not fucking scratch a lottery ticket yeah. and fucking hit it. There's a, I, I think somebody was talking about one time a, what did they call it? They call it the social media lottery. And every every now and then somebody hits that social media lottery, and when they hit it, it's just some dumb shit, random shit that blows them up, and they get all these fucking viewers for whatever reasons. Like the last one I could think of is the guy on skateboard listening to fucking yeah. what Fleetwood Mac dog or face. something. Yeah. yeah, dog face. He fucking blew up randomly. It wasn't. It was authentic. That kind of fame. That kind of fame is not. That that that's unfortunate. It, what happens is is people think that that's the kind of way that I blew up, right? They think that, you know, because that dude's got millions of followers for riding a skateboard and drinking ocean spray and having a good song, right? Um, kudos to him. I'm not hating. But at the same time, you know, my curation of my following is over the last fucking six years of something that a, a select few people in America or the world can do. Uh, and I, I say select, like, yeah, a couple, a hundred thousand people can do it, right? Um, but what I'm, what I'm trying to get at is that, uh, is that, like, social media is such a broad spectrum of, of things 
And then some people do do stupid shit, TikTok, all this dumbass short form content that's mindless. It doesn't inspire. It doesn't create uh, any kind of. It doesn't light a fire in you to want to be a There's creator. No feeling, yeah. Um, that shit, yeah. Those do. Those dudes do fucking like pop off. But in this industry, you know, um, when I think about like this, like you know, I, I'm in the motorcycle. Industry. I'm in the Harley Davidson side of it. And so when I think about Sturgis, Sturgis has a Hall of Fame, right? And I've grown up and I've seen people, peers, uh, in some form or fashion, peers become inducted into that Hall of Fame. So my question is, what is my generation's in introductory to be Hall of Fame? Like, what do I have to do? What is my criteria going to be? You know, do I have to, you know, like, I ride, I, I put more miles down than most shops in America. Uh, I produce more content than most shops in America. And um, I agree 100%. Man. At some point, like what is the threshold? The threshold is different than it was 10 years ago because 10 years ago. And it's if, different five years ago and exactly. two years ago and a year ago. So what is, how does Sturgis, how does, how does the legacy of motorcycles connect with the, uh, the people of now, right? Because I'm going to tell you this right now. All the dyno dudes, all the dudes on club style this and fucking, you know, FXR this, they don't care anything about all those dudes. They were on those fucking, uh, they, they were all, that's the generalization. The history, the history. There are yeah. guys they do care about, but for the most part, they don't know, they don't care. They're in their own world, right? Yeah. So how do you, how do you, how do you, like get these kids that are in here in LA, uh, you know, seeing Dinah, seeing this, wanting to go to Neptune's, wanting to rip these canyons back and forth. How do you get them to invest in Sturgis? Sturgis is the mecca of motorcycles. It, it is the, uh, I like to say it's the Thanksgiving table of the motorcycle industry. Yeah. And your contribution to motorcycling is to go there and be a part of it. And by being a part of it, you're putting a fucking plate down and letting other people eat off of it, right? Yeah. And if people stop coming, they don't support it, then we, you know, Sturgis is our SEMA, if you will. Yeah. Um, it's the culture and the industry all wrapped up in one. And um, it, it's just, it's such a fucking mind-boggling situation to be in where, all the things I dreamed of growing up when I when I started pursuing my passion for painting and motorcycles, everything that I had to do to be the master of it doesn't exist anymore. Like, I'm one of the best painters in America, and I say that. I know it sounds arrogant as fuck. I'm sorry. Uh, You're fucking dope, dude. I'm one of the best painters in America, but I'm not a woman now. And so I don't get any you're of those opportunities. Black, you're not Hispanic. You're not. Yeah, I'm not. I see what you're saying. So now I'm like, okay, fuck. <laughs> now I, you know, like I, I, I strive to be those guys I, I followed growing up and I'm better than them, you know? And, and then I look at people that get the opportunities that might've come my way and I'm better than them too, but I'm not the demographic. And it's not so much, it's but, not but, so but much like here's e the thing. ethnicity. It's more. It's right. more. But like, here's the thing. We're in a complicated situation. We are. The, the world is upside down or inside out or whatever you want to call it. 
but the thing is, is that we get distracted. Mm-hmm. And, and you can't get distracted on what you're passionate about. And as long as you remember why you started doing it, mm-hmm. as long as you remember before all this fucking Instagram blew up or Facebook blew up, I did this because I wanted to do it. You know, the relationship with your wife, the relationship Whoa. with your kids. When you start realizing all that and you don't forget it, you got to well, be reminded of I, it. I can be cynical right here. because I can tell you like this straight up. It sounds good to say I did it because I loved it. No, I did it because it fucking paid me. You know what I mean? It was a job. It but just it didn't like, pay you that much in the beginning. There's but no I, there way. was potential. Just right. like when someone gets a job, someone goes to college for X amount of years, they got a fucking stupid uh, you know, loan, they get a good job. But that that job, that that entry level, that fucking mailroom clerk has potential to pay off the loan. But if we say that, that then, then the whole world went to shit. Because that like is, people people used to go and get a doctor degree and then fucking they would get out and they'd get a job. Now that's not even guaranteed anymore. No, it's now, no, now it's, it's like a hundred and fifty thousand dollars debt, ten years lost, and that's what you're entering with. Like we're we're in a different fucking place in life, yeah. man. I grew up loving art. I wanted to be an artist. I found a way to make money doing some form or fashion of art. And at the end of the day, the only thing that pursued me to keep pushing for it is because there was some kind of pedestal to keep trying to achieve. One day I want to be in a magazine. One day I want to be here. One day I want to be the guy in the industry that the other people coming up are looking for for advice. And, and uh, you know, I'm getting paid to to do this. And now I guess it's a master class right now. But, you know, dude, I don't give a fuck. Jerk off motion. <laughs> Save all that fucking, like, passion bullshit for the fucking, for the family or somebody else. This life is a fucking cutthroat place. It's about, Super. it's about, it's about paying your fucking bills. You know, at the end of the day, my, my fucking kids or my, my old lady at the time, they wouldn't give a fuck about like my passion for anything. It's like, Hey, is the fucking rent paid? Is there food on the table? Are we good? Are we not? I don't give a fuck about your passions. That's the, that's, 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 what that's being a man. To. That's fucking right? the truth. Yeah. So. How many day, men have suppressed their fucking feelings? So many. Everybody else. does. I'm, you know, at the same time, it's I like. I get you. I, get I you. tell everyone all the time. I was like, or I, I say this quite often. I was like, the easiest thing any man can do is go to work. See, we're not good at anything else. We're good at fucking and working. That's it. And probably not that good at fucking, to be honest with you. Right. But it, Speak for yourself, homeboy. <laughs> at the, the at, fuck is he talking about? Yeah, at, yeah. Realistically, like, uh, working is the easiest thing you can ever do in your life. If you work for somebody, then your whole fucking, everything you got to do is laid out for you. All you got to do is fucking follow in instructions. Show up. All you got to do is show Legos, up. It's Legos, motherfucker. Show up. It's Legos. That, 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 that's a lot of, uh, of, of American companies. It's like, as soon as you come to work, it's check-in from the head down. Yeah. Like just your physical, just just show up. Yeah, like just, don't don't think, don't fucking talk. Yeah. Don't share your opinions. Just from the neck down. Yeah. You know, and hundred like, percent. That's it. So I mean, that's that's people. I mean, and so when you know when you, you know, like people I might look at my career as a painter or my passion for podcasting, and think like, oh, you know, you got the dream job, and I was like, yes, I do in a sense, but. My stress level and your stress level 
hype, you know, hypothetically and also gen- generalizing, I'm probably dealing with 10 times more stress than you because at the end of the day, if your old lady's being a cunt, if your kids are fucking pieces of shit, um, your life sucks, but all you got to do is clock in and clock out and your bills are paid, then we're not on the same page. Not at all. Because I deal with all that same shit. And I also and have to deal with the other fuck and fucks. It's, and it's multiplied yeah. by much, much more. Because they hate us. Because they ain't us. Yeah. Fucking peanut butter and jealous, dude. Peanut butter and jealous. Jace, three hours, 23 minutes, 15 seconds, 16 seconds, 17 seconds. I think we fucking nailed yeah, this we fucking should, podcast. We should be done. This is the most randomest shit. It's fucking 221. You guys have been on a fucking 21-day journey. Yeah. I'll see you guys at Born Free. Yeah, yeah. We'll be out there uh, fingering kids. <laughs> <laughs> fingering me. kids? Yeah. Hot dog. I mean, I mean not kids. Uh, I'm I'm looking to finger thick chicks. Uh, <laughs> thick two Cs. Two Cs. We're looking for you. I'll accept the one C thick, but I prefer the two C thick. So. <laughs> Part of that's for my boy Jarvis Honky. I'm, uh, he's living through me. You so. dirty bastard. Thank you, gentlemen. I think we fucking nailed. I don't know what the fuck was talked about on this podcast, but we nailed it all. No, we did all kinds of uh, alcohols and uh, smell drugs. Moonshine, drugs, weed. We did all the fun yeah. shit, man. It was a true honor to finally meet you. I'm so happy you guys showed I'm gonna up. I'm going to go home and find Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. 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 Get a Jesus tattoo. Thank you, Jason. Not I even the fun. camera kept up. Come to Dallas. Thank dude. you, Jane. Absolutely, I have to.